0: The airwaves by dialing in toll-free at 1-800-259-9231. That's the Sakel CAI toll-free line. And tonight, it's Ian with you. And Gar. And Mark. And you can join us online at freetalklive.com. The features, they're totally free, so enjoy those on us. And that's freetalklive.com. Lots, as always, to talk about here tonight. Let's keep talking about dogs, though. Because Dogs? a few days ago we discussed a story, and, uh, Guard, you uh, are joining us again. Thank you, uh, as always, for coming in from libertyconspiracy.com and sharing your perspective with us. Thanks for letting me be here. You may have missed uh, last week on the show, Guard. We talked, I think it was Friday night, about dog licensing, and uh, the Los Angeles Times was reporting that there's a crackdown in effect where it's, uh, effectively they've got eight full time bureaucrats walking the streets. Uh, checking out people's houses, they're using the the database that they're getting from the meter readers, and of the, course. Me, the meter Perfect. readers are keeping you know keeping tabs on which houses have dogs and which which ones don't, that kind of thing. Right. And so they're using that information to uh, to target households that have dogs that don't have licenses, and they're trying to shake down people for up to a hundred dollars, maybe more uh, per dog. It's fifteen bucks if they are neutered or spayed, and a hundred dollars if they are not. Plus, if you've had babies so with... A, uh,
1: testicles cost 85 bucks. <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> and we weren't sure if they were actually going around feeling the undersides of the dogs or inspecting. We, we weren't sure how, uh, how invasive they were getting. <laughs> when
1: um, when I was growing up, my, my mom, who sh- showed dogs, took a dog from a friend who, you know, I mean, they, these people hang out together. They're dog-showing mm-hmm. people, um, who, who was a beautiful Doberman who couldn't be shown because he had one undescended testicle. Of course you know now they probably would do an operation on the dog and no one would ever know but right. you know at the time that that yeah. that that's an issue right you can't show a dog that has an undescended testicle um so i'm just wondering would there be a discount on it
0: for the for the kind of yeah
1: deal? well he, he's likely not <laughs> fertile anyway Right. i mean probably couldn't make it with uh, with one who knows i mean i I'm I'm, you know we're, stranger things have happened
0: so they're cracking down in la because well not you know, like they, they need the money well, apparently they do. <laughs> apparently they do need the money. Uh, you know, The times are tough and the government, of course, hasn't cut its budget like the rest of us have. So, And that dog licensing is
2: is really key. It, it just helps recover the dog. It's for your protection. It's not an extortion racket. It has yeah, nothing to do with
0: that. It's all about lining the pockets yeah, of the bureaucrats. Sure it's thing. all that it is. It, right. it, and one of the things we were talking about is well, we were curious as to whether or not the amount of money they actually collect in uh, licenses ends yeah. up covering the costs of yes. running the bureaucracy. I mean I don't yes. know. I don't have the opportunity nor would I be interested really in that popped into my mind too. The LA budget.
1: Right. I can't tell you how many uh, I and mean, people don't even know this, but how many bureaucracies out there don't cover themselves. I, I know for instance, uh, you know, just one uh, here that comes to the top of my mind is the town we live in, in New Hampshire. They uh, they have parking meter maids that mm-hmm. wander around and hassle people and give them give out you know, five dollar tickets or whatever. That doesn't even come close to covering their budget that they pay for the girls to walk around.
2: Oh, yeah. You you look at uh, the Massachusetts Turnpike is a great example of it. Uh, They supposedly put in the Massachusetts Turnpike tolls to pay for the Massachusetts Turnpike. And, of course, it has long since been paid for and the Turnpike tolls still remain. There are people there who earn six-figure salaries at the Massachusetts Turnpike as toll takers. Whoa, really? Toll takers. They we have they to take they care of our
1: bureaucrats. They have to yeah. have op, uh, you know, optical and dental and health insurance. And, wow. You
2: know, I was thinking about this, too. Maybe this is an interesting time to pose this question to anybody who believes in the sanctity of government, the, the purity of government as as serving the people. And here's an interesting question. Just to ask you personally in your life, has government given you more or taken from you more? Mm has That's government give you given you in value well what <laughs> you know can you can you put a price tag on it can that's you put the a problem. price tag on these people who manage the that's, city streets
1: that's really the problem though is that when you look at government um you know generally the first thing people jump to when you think about government you think of the federal government and when you think what does the federal government give me why it well, give me what it gives why it gives me freedom those brave young yeah, that's the first men thing. and women in green uniforms with uh, automatic weapons uh, at the at the ready have been sent all over the world to kill people in order to keep us free and how do so, you put a
2: price tag on that Put a
1: price tag on and freedom, and so that
2: so the, the point is maybe before you even get there, because that that tends to be people leap to the nth conclusion. You say to yourself, no, 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 just just on a local level, the uh, the the dog licensers. Are you are you getting back in value what you're paying for that? I don't even or know what you get out of value a piece of paper. Getting, yeah, and uh, and what other things? Uh, how about uh, how about these Massachusetts toll takers? Are you getting back in value what you're <laughs> paying these guys? And you know, and they they never aggregate the cost. They never say. Oh, yeah. You know, like, for example, they're increasing costs in Massachusetts, listening to a program on the way over, a Massachusetts talk radio program, and they have lists of all the tax increases. Right now, the politicians look at it as revenue enhancement. Oh, our system needs to continue to function. So we need fuel. We need calories. We need dollars to come in. They never they're look taxes, at it as
0: uh, their fees. Carl. Right. And so
2: fees. so they look at it
0: as not
2: a net loss, but a net gain to keep themselves in the government in balance. But what is it really? It's a net loss. It's a theft. It's a net theft. So you can ask any politician, excuse me, uh, not what is this going to cost in tax dollars,
0: but what is this going to take from people? What is this going to take from them to do this? And what? Uh, well, of course, the other thing that's more difficult to calculate. It another version of asking, what is it going to take? Well, it's going to take your opportunity cost, oh, right? It's perfectly. going to take. You, it's going well to take stated. away the things that you could otherwise do with the money that you've earned. That. Only each individual would know what those things are, and I I don't know what it is that you would do with your paycheck if you were able to take 100% of it home. And that's where the economic component
2: of freedom meets the moral component of freedom, because the economic component of freedom is, look, these opportunity costs are unseen. What is seen is what you guys are trying to tell us is so wonderful, B- you know, building the park for the kids, or, or, you know, licensing the dogs, or whatever it might be, painting the lines for your parking. At either.
1: least with the park, I mean, you know, like most people like the idea of parks, and I'm not, a, I, I like the idea of parks. I just, you know, what is it that my dog licensing fees going right, for? Right. To pick up other people's dogs who haven't been taking care of them. I think that's the idea behind it: is that we use this money in order to run around the dog catcher and. Say, since everybody's got dogs, some dogs get loose. Um, we right. have to catch dogs. I, you know, I don't. I don't entirely understand. It seems to me that if the dog catcher catches dogs, then they should charge people to get their dogs back.
0: Don't they do that? I'm pretty sure they do. They, they should
1: charge them more.
0: Right. <laughs> yeah, but
2: and and then again then you run into a situation of the dog catcher could start taking dogs. You know, you you and you've got very little way to get any sort of feedback on this because you've got no no profit motive. Uh and so so and but to get back to that moral and economic component, the the economic component is what's not seen. And the moral component is, that needs to be determined by that individual. That's the moral component of freedom. The moral component of freedom and the economic component of freedom, they go together. And I know it started with a very simple thing that you you haven't even really been able to expand on yet, but this is the sort of thing that's been on my mind, as I listen to these stories, I listen to this story, and I think about what happened to me the past four days. We were out of power in my town. Oh, no, not again. Yeah, and now I sit there and say to myself, and I had a conversation with somebody who's said, well, you know, why are you so down on this? And I was like, look, we've got a legal oligopoly in the state of New Hampshire for power. There's public service of New Hampshire. Mm-hmm. I love that euphemism. There's a couple other tiny companies that have been allowed in just through certain legal maneuvers, right? Mm. And, and they service very few people. So you say to yourself, look, if this were a for-profit company uh, and we could turn to somebody else... When they're not servicing their customers well, they're not even telling them where they're going. You try to call them and you can't get anybody. You go to their offices and like last year, they don't let you in. They have police guarding the offices because people are so teed off. Mm. Well, maybe if you had a competitive enterprise, they might actually decide that they would want to serve the customer and do something well because the customer might do something else
0: with his money. Right now they're nailed down, they can't do anything exactly. and they know it and so they'll get it fixed when it's fixed. Hey, if you're right. you know, if you're cold, well, too bad. Right. And <laughs> and you think
2: about all the businesses that are closed. I go down to get something for my niece. She wants some Skittles, I'm gonna go down to this local market downtown, grab some Skittles, get something for lunch. We've got no power at our house. Boom. Hope, They've got no power at
1: that store. Hopefully so, you get her some toothpaste too. Well, there
2: you go. But <laughs> so those are opportunities that are lost. In business. Now if they had contracted with a private business, right. that private business would know, hey, we're
0: losing some important hitters here. You might even be able to get uh, a make good from the power company if oh. they if their service went out and they knew that you could go somewhere else, they might say, Well tell you what, we'll credit you for that and we're so sorry. I don't think you can get credits from the power company for that. I got some on my cable modem, but I don't I don't think the power company offers it. More coming up, free talk live. It's time, wake up This is just in case you care And yeah, I'm talking
3: to
4: you That's my booklet of truth for the people of America And the wake up call for action to save our freedom Get a copy for you and your friends at yamtalkingtoyou.com yeah, And get involved with saving our country That's ya com If you want to be part of the solution Otherwise, just go back to sleep You'll adjust to enslavement
0: This is Free Talk Live. You can take control of the airwaves, bring up whatever's on your mind, dial in toll-free 800-259-9231. That's the SACL-CAI toll-free line. 1-800-259-9231. Tonight, it's Ian with you. And guard and Mark. Join us online at freetalklive.com. We've got archives. If you missed a moment of the show, they're right there on the front page. Just click and download. They're yours for free. So enjoy freetalklive.com. Plus, our podcast podcast has archives going all the way back to the beginning of January of 2009. All of it on the house, freetalklive.com, and want to bring up uh, to you the Free State Project. It is closing in on 10,000 participants. Nearly 10,000 people have signed and pledged to make the move to New Hampshire in order to get active for liberty, in order to uh, work on achieving liberty in our lifetime, to get together with other like-minded people and get active. Right now, the counter is at 9,971. It's up from earlier today. It was 66 this morning. Yep. 29 remaining. So you could be one of the first 10,000 participants in if, the Free State Project. If you
1: don't sign up now, people are going to make fun of you once, uh, once everybody gets moved. Oh, you were in the second 10,000. Well, I don't know <laughs>
0: if anybody's going to make fun of you, but uh, it's certainly uh, it's, a, it's a good number to uh, to look at don't worry you can count on one today. and from our end please please sign up we need you <laughs> well uh, there are already almost 800 people from the free state project that are already in new hampshire including uh, mark and myself we made the move up a few years back of course we're going to be attending the upcoming liberty forum which is happening this month we're now just a few weeks away uh it's going to be the 18th through the 21st and it's not too late to get registered. You can do that over at freestateproject.org slash libertyforum. You'll get a whole list of all the speakers and things that are going on. Andrew Napolitano, you might know him as the judge from Fox News. He's going to be there speaking as a keynote address. Also, Jacob Hornberger will be uh, keynoting uh, the from the Future of Freedom Foundation. We've shared a number of his articles that he's written on the air here. Plus, uh, other folks like William Norman Grigg from the Pro Libertate. Uh, blog over at also at lourockwell.com uh, Angela Keaton from antiwar.com. com. Ernest Hancock from the uh, Freedom's Phoenix. Freedom's Phoenix. We talk about them a lot here on this program. So all kinds of uh, interesting folks. Thomas Naylor from the Second Vermont Republic. One of the secessionists. I'm excited. The uh, most prominent. I would say probably the most prominent uh, and recognized secessionist in. Uh, They're getting the close today. Yeah. So lots of folks, Shelly, the very uh, very attractive Shelly Roche will uh, will be there as well. So uh, all kinds of reasons to come out. Free uh, freestateproject.org slash Forum. Use our discount code FTL to save 10%. That's FTL. And, of course, Free Talk Live is going to be broadcasting live every single night. So we we'll look forward to seeing you there. All right. Now uh, we continue with your phone calls here. We'll get back to the dog discussion in a moment because there's other news that uh, goes beyond dog licensing. If you thought dog licensing was bad – Wait till you hear about what they're going to do in the UK. Let's go first to Mike in Alaska. You're on Free Talk Live. Hello, Mike.
5: Uh, hello. Hey,
0: what's on your mind tonight?
5: Yeah, uh, I'd like to think about age restrictions. Sure. I mean, I, I don't know how you guys feel about it. Uh, I think Mark is uh, kind of into uh, limiting sex of, of people under 18. I'm not sure.
1: What? Well, it depends on what it's on.
5: Well, uh, really, it just seems to me that the government sort of throws out all these these numbers for when you're an adult when you're not an adult like now you can't uh have a credit card at 18 unless you have a co-signer right yeah and uh like for me like I'm into guns and you can't own a pistol till 21 but you can own a rifle at 18 Right, you, you smoke cigarettes
0: at uh, age eighteen. You can go to a movie at age seventeen. Uh, you can drink at age twenty-one,
2: and you can sign up to get your body part blown apart, or you know, go fight in an undeclared war for the United States at eighteen. At eighteen, I think seventeen. Right? Seventeen. Good point. Earth, that's yes, true. Early. Right on, uh, buddy.
0: They start the process early. That way they can bring you in like the day of your birthday or something. But
2: actually like that, utilize right? your own God given right or natural born right or whatever. Right. Utilize right. Recognize right. societally recognized right to defend yourself with a firearm like that. And you're you're up. You know what? Creek
0: sex with uh, young people you that changes depending on the uh, jurisdiction you know the arbitrary political boundaries that uh, that you happen to be uh, standing in so for some places it could be 18 uh, some places it could be 16 so mike i share your your, your frustrations with this what were your thoughts
5: well oh, well you know even here in alaska it's like you have to be 19 to to buy a pack of cigarettes like really it it just seems to me like they're going to it just seems like they might as well um, just increase the voting age to 21, as it just seems like they're they're saying that no, you can't be responsible for yourself.
2: Yeah, it's an arbitrary it, line it, it, that they've drawn. In other well, words, what you're saying is, and and how does that correlate to the view of sex and consent for people who are younger? And where where do we draw the line on that as as far as government rules go, right?
5: So right, exactly, I mean, if you have uh, if you're a 15 year old, you have sex with a 19 year old your parents did prosecute or press charges against a 19-year-old. It's like saying that they have, like, your parents have some sort of right to your sex or something. I, I don't really
1: understand it. So, Mike, um, do you think that uh, some young people are irresponsible in age brackets, uh, you know, down below 18? Do you think they are not able to be responsible for, the, for their actions?
5: Well, you know, that it's, it's the thing that, yes, yes, people are irresponsible, but I don't think that, there's a certain age when you really become responsible. I mean, I, I don't think I was really responsible till I was 21.
0: I think the best but, way uh, to uh, to encourage responsibility is to allow people to make mistakes and to experience the consequences of their actions. And I think that the consequences of their actions should not include a trip to the pokey, you know, should not include well, being locked up. There so are already going to be enough consequences the news like is it, it sexually transmitted constantly diseases. The
1: news uh, is full of things like, say, nine-year-olds taking mom's car for a joyride. It happens. Um, if that nine-year-old gets into an accident and kills a member of my family, what kind of consequences do you think they should uh, have to have? I mean, it, it seems to me they sort of knowingly took out a 5,000-pound death machine that they... Uh, You know, shouldn't have been driving, didn't have any business driving. What do you think?
5: Well, you kind of have to have the the parents take responsibility to some extent because what you have here is, uh, you know, parents aren't taking responsibility for teaching their kids. They're leaving it up to the schools, and the schools suck.
1: I agree with that. Um, Absolutely. But, like, say I have my keys sitting in a little maroon bowl at my house and my son, who's you know at nine, old enough to get to reach up there into that maroon bowl, takes them out of the maroon bowl and uh, puts them into the ignition of a car. Does that make me responsible for his actions?
5: Well, I think you should have been uh, more careful with. uh,
0: Should I have locked them in a safe? Really? Really, well, I think it's the responsibility drastic. of the person who uh, wrecked, uh, who he wrecked into to right. have what insurance if, coverage. What if the
1: next-door neighbor's kid breaks into my house and steals the keys out of the bowl? What?
5: Right. Well, I, well, you have to – at some point, you have to realize that you can't just draw a line and say, well, this age, you're responsible. But what else can costs, you do costs, is what
1: I'm asking you, Mike. I'm asking for some critical thinking. I'm not asking for complaining about age restrictions. I'm asking you to tell me what else do you do.
5: What else do you... Well, really, it's, it's not so much about age. It's really about teaching responsibility. At, at, you know, 18, I got a credit card, and I used it responsibly, and I'm not in debt because my parents brought me up to, uh, to respect that, to, to make sure that I don't... Uh, so I know how to handle myself with money.
0: Uh, That's, it's a good thing. It's one of the most important things you can teach young people. I want to continue the conversation. Mike, thank you for the call. I want to make sure we get guard in here with, uh, with his thoughts on this. 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. If you're worried about nine-year-olds crashing uh, into you in your vehicle, you should probably have some insurance coverage to, you know, make sure you're covered in case whether it's a nine-year-old or some unlicensed driver you don't think or a some 90-year-old as don't well. They have More coming up. This is Free Talk Responsibility? Live.
6: This Your Family Today tip is brought to you by Stofers. Let's Fix Dinner. Find dinner ideas to bring your family together at the table at letsfixdinner.com. Juggling schedules so that everyone eats together can be tough. Try starting with one family dinner a week, whenever you can fit it in. Take turns picking the meal and have everyone pitch in. Working together will bring your family closer, even if it is just once a week. For more tips like these, visit us at parenthood.com slash yourfamilytoday.
0: Talk Live, you can bring up whatever you want. Dial in via the toll free number, 800 259 9231. That's the SACL CAI toll free line. 1 800 259 9231. Join us online at freetalklive.com. And the features there are totally free, and they include our wiki with over 2,000 pages created by listeners like you. You can go and edit virtually anything you see there. wikiwiki.freetalklive.com. That's wiki. freetalklive.com. Also, this show brought to you by SACL CAI. You need collections done with respect to your customers, you want to go to SACL CAI. And by the way, I don't know if this is public, but I've heard that uh, Jason Osborne from SACL CAI will be attending the Liberty Forum this year. Oh man. So I know a lot of people uh, do love it when Jason Osborne is around, and so this will be a great opportunity uh, to meet one of the most uh, well, what do we call them? The most biggest benefactors? Of the, one of the largest benefactors of, the, of the, the Liberty community? One of the biggest benefactors, one of the most dedicated,
2: principled guys. His wife is the same way, and one of the nicest guys, coolest guys around. And I got to say, hopefully he's listening now. I just opened my email. And he has a message. Call Osborne. So Osborne, I will do it. I'm uh, I'm sorry. I've been neglecting uh, a lot of things the past couple days, but this it's just been crazy the past couple days.
0: Well, we're glad you had the time to come in here tonight, Guard. In fact, uh, so Sakele Cai, go. You can see their banner at the top of FreetalkLive.com and learn more about them, and come meet Jason in person uh, at the upcoming Liberty Forum. He said that he just he he just can't miss a party, and he knows that the the Liberty Forum is going to be a great party. He's right about around. that. So that's why I'm so bummed that I can only come out uh, for Thursday and, and, uh, and late late Saturday and Sunday. I wish I could be there the entire time. So well, you guys will have to have fun for I me. I can't wait. I can't
2: wait. I'm sorry you're not going to be there, man. But we'll, we'll we'll think of you. We'll give you the positive vibes. You I'll know? be
0: showing. I'll be showing up as soon as I can. As soon as I can get my oh, ass out of New York awesome. City, I am hauling up to oh, uh, to Nashville. That the... lineup too. Jeez, man. All right, so uh, we're going to continue here. But guard, I want to make sure you had a chance to jump in on this on this conversation. We had Mike call in and and bring up the. The age-old issue, if you will, of restrictions on age, uh, and talking about the, the, the arbitrary numbers that the government people have selected. It's 18 to smoke, it's 21 to drink, it's 18 to join the military, 17 to watch an R-rated movie. Uh, you know, going down the list of all these numbers, that they, there's no consistency. And of course, as Mike points out. Uh, or, and, and as I think anybody with common sense would point out, that these are just numbers. They don't have any reflection on the maturity of the individual that, uh, that we're talking about. You can have a 17-year-old who is more mature than a 21-year-old uh, in different ways. So it all depends. And just where do you how do you feel about the issue of uh, one of the things is
2: these sorts of conversations get a lot of people very wrapped up in things and they bring up anecdotal examples. They bring up their own feelings and so on. And I think what's often overlooked, especially for those of us who are trying to look at the world from within the prism of people who believe in leaving our neighbors alone and having associations with them that they agree to rather than forcing them to associate in certain ways is we have to recognize that the what's what's missing here, the, the un, unseen 800-pound gorilla in this issue is that all of these questions and all these points are being brought up within the context of government, of the majority within the representative body or whatever will decide, shall decide for everybody what they will be. So all these little marks of differentiation – can't really be addressed because we're not addressing them based on the differentiation of free peoples. We're, we're, we're not addressing it within the context of real freedom. What we're doing is we're talking about our disagreements as to what government policy should be, not what is right and wrong. And in my opinion, these things can be better determined if you have voluntary societies where individuals can congregate with other individuals of similar taste, mm-hmm. and those individuals will come up with their own set of rules. Now, some people can say, well, that would be crazy. You know, how would you protect – well, already you say that you, if, if you truly believe that government can function and come up with these great rules, then you must believe that most people would go assor- according to a certain route. So right. why not just leave them alone and I let agree them go on, I agree that.
1: with you on that because we already have a, a, a good amount of variation between when people can start driving vehicles. And I've, I consider uh, the, the time that one starts driving a motor vehicle to be the crux of this issue. Yeah. It's one thing if a kid drinks a beer. It's one thing if he smokes a cigarette. I mean, mostly these are decisions that are going to affect him in his later life. I don't think there should be a cigarette smoking age. I think it's a terrible idea. Don't pick up cigarettes, kids. However, I... You know, adults should be able to do with their lives as they please, as long as they don't th- stru- throw their butts out the windows of their cars, um, and because th- that's littering. <laughs> but um, you know, alcohol. I think the kids should be taught when how to drink alcohol. I don't think there should be an age at all. I think kids should, you know, young kids should be taught how to to drink a little wine and water with their meal, and and that this important activity that ninety something percent of Americans uh, participate in, and some t- some portion of the year or whatever, mm. um, that that they know how to do that. But yeah. I think. Um, um, when it comes to cars, you know there was, there listeners to the show, anecdotal stories. Uh, one guy says, you know, there didn't used to be a, a driving age in Arkansas or Oklahoma or whatever it was. I think it was Oklahoma mm-hmm. that he was telling me because you know they just didn't have it. So he'd drive the the family car at twelve or something, sort of down the back ro- mm-hmm. roads, woods, backwoods roads, and that kind of thing. Um, my dad taught me to drive sitting on his lap, driving down. We had a long driveway. You know, I was out in, lived out in the country. Right. And uh, I, I learned, to, you know, I sat on his lap at six. So um, I, I do think that there, uh, that, that, that there's, there's some room. But I also think that there are times when, um, you know, kids will make bad decisions because they're kids. Sure. And uh, do you want to hold a kid to the same accountability if they hurt people?
0: Destroy lives and property Do you want I don't to, think anybody's are i don't think anybody has posited such a thing i did you you think that a nine year old should be held to the same liability as a I, well, a nineteen year old don't don't you if a nine year old
1: gets into his mom's uh, SUV and loses control of it and wrecks into my car and kills my son. What See, I, 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 what what is but, that about?
2: But certainly isn't isn't this really drawing us away from the core issue which is can't these debates be determined by free individuals without politicians telling them what it's going to be? And have individuals living in free societies, away from government, decide these things. Because obviously, your mind starts to go into these examples and draw these out and say, yeah, what are the implications of this? But certainly, free people could do this. I don't
0: don't hear him mentioning the government necessarily. He's just asking about how that should be handled. And I think that that's something that the market would determine, is how to handle a nine-year-old committing a a vehicular manslaughter or whatever, as opposed to somebody who's got more of his facts. Qualities and, uh, and a better able, ability to critically think, and that sort of thing. Uh, uh, for, example, I, I, for example. I cringe yeah. at the idea of uh, sending a nine-year-old to a work camp for, uh, well, for, to pay off a debt this, like This that. is a great example.
2: This is that what draws us out. From that one question about this, we go to the driving example. If you had a private society, and that private society with free people joining the private society were to build roads or to have a contract with a com- a company to build roads or manage roads that road man- road management company would have liabilities based on the safety the efficiency the speed all these things would be would be measured by that company and the people who do do business with them so they would be able to more readily address what their customers want and they wouldn't be able to get they wouldn't be able to stay in business if they were allowing all sorts of reckless driving for whatever age groups so if they were determined it's a it's, it's not perfect but it is a better way to attenuate and to fit the, the model of freedom and and
1: the desires of individuals than government the one-size-fits-all thing and, well, and, and I think that you can um, and the insurance companies claim okay and I'm gonna I'm gonna simply go with what they say here I don't know the truth but and, and I uh, I don't know the truth the but what they claim is the people from 16 to 18 have a heck of a lot more accidents than people from 18 to 20 yeah. and and uh, those have more accidents than people from 20 to 22 and like maybe there is, uh, you know, sort of in the aggregate, if you plot people on a graph, um, you know, maybe there's, you know, a certain age where people should start driving and then should a community be able to come up with an age? Because that is it's really arbitrary. It is arbitrary. It is. Should it's a difficult. community
0: come up with an age or each individual uh, private road owner come up with an age? I
1: don't see how you can do that.
0: Well, you, 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 do, you do that by a driveway.
1: I mean, I live right on a freeway.
0: Well, I how I do you right do on it? state roads. Nobody checks have... you right now when you get out on the road. Right now, nobody knows. Indeed. So uh, the, if somebody's going to come up with a way to do that, it would be the marketplace. And I think that industries can work to uh, – companies and industries have shown that they have the ability to work together on things, setting standards and things like that. Or you could just There's set an arbitrary age. You can take control of the airwaves. This is Free Talk Live. Become a Free Talk Live amplifier for just $3 per month. You'll get perks and you'll help us free more minds worldwide. Visit amp.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live, and you can bring up whatever you want. Just dial on in toll free at 800 259 9231. That's the SACL CAI toll free line. 1 800 259 9231. You can uh, join us on our website at freetalklive.com where we give you the features for free. So enjoy those. On us. And if you like this program and you want to help support Free Talk Live, you can shop with us at Amazon.freetalklive.com. You just start your shopping through that link, and Free Talk Live will get a percentage of your purchase. It's that simple. You know Amazon, the world's largest internet retailer with dozens of categories in which you can shop, plus used items if you want to save a few extra bucks. Also, uh, we do have international Amazons, and normally when you go to Amazon.freetalklive.com, it should Kind of detect from where you are uh, coming and send you to the correct international site if necessary. So U.S. people should be sent to the U.S. one. But there's also a Canadian Amazon and a uh, German Amazon and I think there's, let's see, what's the other Great one? Great UK, that's right. So if you want if you, for whatever reason it's not working, uh, you can just put in the two-letter country code for your country after Amazon. So Amazon US. Com will take you to the US site every time. Uh, Amazon DE will take you to the Germany uh, site every time. Amazon CA will take you to the Amazon Canada site, and Amazon UK will take you to the Amazon UK site. Don't
1: you think these people in their countries already know what these country these designations are?
0: Well oh, I don't know.
1: Okay.
2: Maybe they probably already do, yeah. Just making it clear. But they could be visiting. They could
0: be visiting over there. That's true. There you go. Maybe they're studying abroad. Maybe they just just like to buy things in Mark's. A little bit of information never hurt anybody. So, Amazon.freetalklive.com. Let's continue with your phone calls. Joe, in Connecticut, you're on Free Talk Live. In Garden Mark.
7: Hi. Hey, Joe. Um, I wanted to chime in on this uh, age restriction thing. Go for it. Uh, I think that, you know, generally it should be determined between the child and the parent because... So many people, uh, you know, the same age, older, younger, whatever, it doesn't matter, are all at different levels. Uh, and I'll give you a perfect example. Uh, my uh, my mother died when I was 12, and my brother was 13, and my stepfather was a uh, delivery driver for Drake. So he was out at 3 in the morning, and we would have to get ourselves up at 6 to go to school, get everything ready, and be out on time and everything. And then when we came home, there was nobody home until 5 or 6 o'clock at night, so all that time, you know, we had to rely on ourselves. And uh, even during the summer uh, in, uh, you know, some school break, we would have to, you know, cook for ourselves. And, you know, we rarely ever had uh, any kind of a babysitter or anything like that. So uh, we, um, we kind of proved that we were capable of at least handling that much, where uh, I imagine a lot of 12-year-olds that I knew at the time would not have been, had been trusted.
1: Yeah, I couldn't tell you. I mean, I I I think at twelve was when I became a latchkey kid or whatever. Like I was seven, yeah, something like that. So I, you know, obviously burning the house down is an issue when leaving a kid uh, home alone. But at the very least, in that case, you are generally talking about the parents having to deal with the issue that they set up. Um, Whereas, you know, putting a kid on the road is subjecting uh, people to, uh, you know, to to, to dangers that they wouldn't otherwise be subjected to. What do you think about the um, insurance companies' aggregated numbers that say that drivers from the ages of 16 to 18 are more dangerous than drivers from, say, 18 to 20?
7: Um, I'm sure that that's mostly true. Um, I have a theory on that, and that is kids are so so repressed and they're hidden from everything that by the time they're actually set out to make their own decisions, they go crazy. And, they, you know, and, and, and they're just, well, I want to do this and that. And, and they, it's like, almost like information overload in a sense. Whereas if you bring them up, like, for example, taking the drinking issue. In, in Italy, children are brought up with wine all the time. Mm-hmm. And alcoholism is not the issue there that it is yeah. here. Yeah. So if, you're, if you bring up the kids to understand it and respect it, then by the time they're put out there, it's not a big deal.
0: I think that's a great point, and there's maybe one other factor, and I don't know what the the importance of this factor is, but it may be a factor. Uh, it may just simply be the newbie factor. Uh, I mean, yes, teenagers are are probably more likely than a 30-year-old to be revving engines and and drag racing and, and doing. Right. right, I
1: think it's the testosterone factor uh, largely well, and an experience. Girls factor. don't have.
0: To, uh, is it teenagers or just teenage boys? I think t-
1: I, I would imagine that uh, teenage girls probably do have larger amounts of testosterone than older women.
2: Well, that's uh, w- probably a good point. I've never seen the statistics broken down as far as boys and girls, but we do know that over and over again, you know, AAA mentions that it's always teenagers are the highest risk factors. But these are the types of things that, again, if you've got private systems, clearly the people involved with the private system, their bottom line will have to pay more if they've got these people out there, both monetarily and in the human cost of the of the lives lost. So why, why wouldn't I let my neighbor in his private society decide with his other neighbors how they're going to do it and what punishment there will be if people break the rules of their private societies? But here it doesn't work this way in government. And so every time people come up with these arguments, it's always
0: within, well, what should the legislature do? for yeah. everybody. Well, the, the, the other point I wanted to make on the uh, the newbie factor is if, for instance, you've got somebody who's been toted around in a limousine or, for whatever reason, has been driven somewhere their entire life, and then uh, they maybe break up from a marriage at age 33, mm-hmm. and all of a sudden now they have to drive themselves somewhere because the, the bus won't take them there or something like that, uh, you may see that that sure. kind of person has a higher incidence of getting well, into an accident as inexperience. well. certainly there's inexperience.
1: Inexperience yeah. is absolutely an issue, but um, I'd, I'd well, like to point out also that, uh, you know, throughout the ages, there have been um, some consistencies. The people that you send to fight wars, males between the ages of 16 and 30. Um, the people that are the commit crimes in societies world round throughout history, males between the ages of 16 and 30. I mean, when you get when you combine the sort of the testosterone fueled full body of a male, um, and send it out there upon the world, then, you know, the, there's certain problems to it.
0: Any other thoughts for us tonight, Joe? Uh, no, that's it. Thanks. Appreciate hearing from you. Okay. 800-259-9231. Ian, can I just bring up, you know, the, the same question
2: arises for almost any any sort of behavior that uh, either has consequences that, that has consequences for other people. And, for example, the sexual behavior question, that's that's a great question because it does have implications for others if another human being is created. Uh, there's a problem there because that human being could be living in a situation where it could be a bad deal. You've got other implications regarding uh, adoption or foster care. How's that all going to work? And, again, you know, if, if – if certain people consider uh, responsible age for sex to be 16 and others consider it to be 17 and others consider it to be 18, and others consider it to be 21 or 19
1: or whatever it might I be. I haven't reached the responsible age for sex yet. So, <laughs> I mean, you know, it's yeah. it, uh, that I, I understand where you're coming from. At, at the very least, when it comes to sex. Once again the consequences for the action that you uh, you know commit are at least borne by you and the and, and another person. Right. Um and you know it can those be undone who freely to some associate extent with
2: you. And that's yeah. that's the thing. You know I I'm hearing people talking about welfare and so on. And and, and again it's this Massachusetts radio thing and they're saying, well you know uh if you are uh, uh disabled if you're on social security SSID, social security income disabled for the S, uh, disabled um SSDI um then even your children can get social security payments. You can get welfare payments for your kids, hmm. and and I'm saying to myself, well, look, all of this, these these types of things, the difference between government and and freedom is that government claims that by giving this – by creating this system, which is clearly inefficient and can be taken advantage of all the time, that there it's a good thing and we feel good. Everybody should feel good because it means everyone cares. It doesn't mean everyone cares. You've got to let everyone decide what they're going to do with their hard-earned cash to determine whether they care. And so if you've got a system where you've, you've got – People having to be answerable to their consequences and only those people with whom they freely associate and who freely associate with them. It's a completely different ballgame. You don't, you don't get this sort of you know, toss-away children mentality. You've got real glue that bonds people together. Uh, I was looking at a really good book uh, from, uh, from Mutual Aid to the Welfare State. And it talks about – and, and it, it falls in line with another book that I read uh, called The Tragedy of American Compassion. I talk about it a lot at the Liberty Conspiracy things uh, at the podcast, and and it shows that the – the glue that held people together prior to government getting involved with welfare and taking care of illegitimate children and all these types of things these social bonds were strong and they were done by the elks the lions club the odd fellows mm-hmm. and and what they actually helped build wings on hospitals sure and run hospitals trainers exactly exactly uh, another great example uh, if you get an opportunity anybody get a chance go to go to youtube and do a youtube search for uh, Roger Daltrey, Paul Weller, and you'll come up with something that talks about their uh, – it's like a children in need type thing. It's it's to help get money voluntarily to build cancer uh, wings on hospitals. And Daltrey talks all about it, and he says – and he literally says, and I'm paraphrasing, but he literally says he, – he says – I won't say literally, but he says to paraphrase – Why get the government involved? We can do it ourselves.
0: And get it done fast. And And get it done better. Exactly. (laughs) Much much, much
1: more quickly, uh, much less cost.
2: And I think the same thing goes for the the problems that social interaction like sex and driving and things go.
0: We'll come back with more here. Hour number two is on the way. Your comments on this issue are welcome, or you can bring up whatever you want. Dial in toll-free at 800-259-9231. Plus, looks like Obama is continuing in Bush's shoes.
6: We'll explain what he's done now. It's Free Talk Live. How long can you hold your breath? (sighs) Not long. Aquasana is consistently voted the best choice by Consumer's Digest. The filters are easy to use and install. Call 866-NO-BOTTLE to order or link online through freetalklive.com. If you'd like a 20% discount and who wouldn't, when ordering online use the discount code FTL. Again, that's FTL or call toll-free 866-NO-BOTTLE and tell them we sent you to get a great discount on all Aquasana products. Drink smart, 1-866-NO-BOTTLE
0: live we're launching here into the second hour of the program you can take control of the airwaves and dial in toll free at 800-259-9231 as the sacral cai toll free line 1-800-259-9231 tonight it's ian with you and guard and mark and you can join us online freetalklive.com. all the features are free so do enjoy those on us Again, that's freetalklive.com. Right back into your phone calls, we go, ladies first, to Lily in West Virginia. You're on Free Talk Live. Hello, Lily.
8: Hi, this is Lily in West Virginia. Yes, um, Lily.
0: What's you guys
8: name? are more familiar with my husband, Ted, than you are with me.
0: Ted uh, from
8: uh, the woods? Ted from the woods,
9: yes.
8: Okay. I was talking to him earlier today about this. Thing I read on the news regarding, um, I guess these gun laws are going back to the Supreme Court.
9: Local and he journals. told
8: me, he told me that a uh, guard's really the expert on this stuff, so I should probably call in and ask him about it. Right. Um, it looks like what it is is they're challenging um, the Fourteenth uh, Amendment's privilege and immunities clause which basically was shot down by the Supreme Court in the 1890s or something like that um, and said that the uh, 14th Amendment only applied at the federal level and not at the state level. And so now they're challenging that um, to basically eradicate states and local government's ability to tell you you can't have guns.
2: Right right and this is this is uh clearly th- there's something very important here and I brought up this distinction a number of times if you look at the first amendment and you look at the second amendment the first amendment uh distinct distinguishes congress shall make no law abridging the freedom of speech or establishing a, a religion or, or or abridging the free practice thereof right congress shall no, uh, shall not do this the second amendment is a universal proscription against any government Prohibiting the right to keep and bear arms. So if you took it literally based on the way that they actually wrote the Constitution, word for word, the Second Amendment does not allow any government restriction, whether it be federal, state, or local, to restrict – or county – to restrict any uh, any use of firearms or ownership of firearms, I should say.
1: I have a question on that, if I if I may. Yeah. Um. In when the the Constitution was was uh, ratified or whatever, it says here that uh, you know that, that it says Congress shall make no. So it's because it says Congress shall make no law respecting establishment of a religion, and then um. And, of course, there were state religions at that time. Absolutely. But here it says um, the right of the people to keep and bear arms shall not be infringed. Right. So that's a much more broad statement than Congress shall not. That's
2: precisely it. That's precisely it. And in this case, I believe, and and, uh, you on the phone, you you probably have a lot more information right in front of you. But if I I recall, this is about a Chicago – well, one of the municipalities involved is Chicago. It's a Chicago gun. Yes, it is Chicago. It's
8: McDonald versus the city of Chicago. Yes. um, Where it was – struck down I guess by that that state Supreme Court or or something because they they told him he's not allowed to own a gun at all or something Mm. like that and the lawyers really jumped on it because he's a black Democrat gun owner. And so they
0: uh
8: they they really wanted to to use this as a challenge.
0: So basically this is going you said this is going to the Supreme Court? Yeah.
8: This is going to the Supreme Court, but uh, I, I guess it's interesting because they're doing it with the Fourteenth Amendment instead of the Second. So this is this is
2: new. See, and, and and there I'm sort of turning on thin ice there because to me I don't even see how how. The Privileges and Immunities Clause. Even, and I don't want to get too esoteric here, but it's an excellent question. Really, if if, if people want to deal with it on the constitutional level as and use that as as their bulwark against government encroachment and govern, government tyranny, uh, clearly it hasn't worked. But they can try it. Uh, and they can try to argue it. I, I tried for a long time as a constitutionalist, and it, it never works because they, they could care less. But as far as it goes, I, I'm i fascinated by the idea of the privileges and immunities clause being used rather than, than – actually, you know what? It makes a lot of sense that they would do that because lawyers wouldn't actually look at the literal wording of the, of the S- Second Amendment and say, hey, guess what? It doesn't allow it. Let's read it plainly. They would go into the esoterics of – the Fourteenth Amendment and the Privileges and Immunities Clause, which is one of the most obscure clauses of the Fourteenth Amendment. Yeah, I have no idea
0: what you know, what it all is about. I'm I'm, I'm clueless. Um, yeah, I
2: don't know if you want to go into it. or If you want me to go into it, I, I probably well, the go into it
8: too uh, much. Privileges and Immunity Clause just I I think it basically says that uh, the. States, uh, hold on, I got to find it in writing here. Do you know it off the top of your head, no, guard? No,
2: I don't. And I, it would be good to have a good, uh, a good uh, female voice doing it, so you know, this, so I don't. Well, all right. sound... well, give really me think a second the... if you guys want to talk, and I will get it
8: right in front Do, of me yeah, here. Okay, okay,
0: fine. Does anybody really think that the the men in robes in Washington D.C. will rule in favor of overturning right. all the gun uh, gun laws right. around this the country? Right. This is the th- this no. is the thing that uh, you know. It, well, obviously, it's
1: silly here. Is the uh, the right of the keep people to keep and bear arms shall not be enforced. I mean, I don't know how much more clear they can make it than shall not be infringed, but they sure have allowed uh, the, the right of the people to keep and bear arms shall not be infringed. I mean, okay. to,
8: to be infringed.
0: Well, define infringed. <laughs>
8: right. Okay, so what what the other interesting thing here is the fact that they're arguing it under um, the uh, Privileges and Immunity Clause, it opens up a whole other can of words worms where uh, states have... Uh, the ability to um, impose laws that are in conflict with federal laws. Mm-hmm. And I did just get the, I just did get the clause in front of me, and it says the Congress shall have the power to make all laws which shall be necessary and proper to secure to the citizens of each state all privileges and immunities of citizens in the several states. So it says the states um, should be required to only make laws, or I don't know, but only, but they, they should be making laws that, um, Ensure all privileges and immunities of citizens of the United States, not just within their state.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, that's very interesting. There, there's a lot to do. I can understand how they would bring that up, uh, and, and and that actually sort of solidifies uh, something that that has been brought up, and it, it sort of parallels something. Uh, you know, the um, there is uh, how how would I say this? Um, there, you, know, you know the clause, the contract clause. Uh, the contract yes. clause, and I don't want to get too specific, but the contract clause states that no state shall inter- interfere in private contract, right? Yes. Uh, they recently
0: had a, Well, they've never done that.
2: Yeah, yeah. They recently <laughs> had a case, and I'm trying to recall what it was. I did a podcast about it. Uh, oh, the Senate was going to try to pass... Oh, they were going to try to pass reciprocity of... Gun registration, yeah, across the across in all states. So if you had the license to carry concealed carry in one state, you should be able to conceal carry in another state, just like they have reciprocity for driver's licenses. If you're on vacation in one state, mm-hmm. you, you know you uh, can...
8: wouldn't. Wouldn't that count as uh, what is it? Fair credit or or wouldn't that fall under that part of the constitution? Uh, yes,
2: yes, absolutely right. That that's under the uh, under the uh, let me see the contract clause. That's under the. Uh, full faith and credit clause. Well stated. Faith and credit, yes. Yes, absolutely right. Well, where are you going with that card? Okay, the full faith and credit clause. And I know this, this sounds esoteric, but this is actually very interesting, and, and I'm really glad you brought this up on the phone call. The full faith and credit clause... Is One of the things that has tripped up people who want to stop gay marriage in various states, because if you get married in another state, the full faith and credit clause of the United States Constitution states that any any contract that is considered legally binding in one state, anything that is legal, a contract or a license or anything like that, it has to be recognized in another in another state. So therefore, you get what what are called reciprocity laws. So therefore, if someone got married outside of the state of New Hampshire, and some people who wanted only heterosexual marriage had a law in New Hampshire that wouldn't recognize that, it would be considered unconstitutional because mm-hmm. you have to give full faith and credit to all legally binding contracts. So okay. if the state right rec- now. So if the state recognizes your right to keep and keep and bear an arm in one state, it is supposed to be recognized as a legal license in another state. But. But they don't do that. This is where the hypocrisy of the politicians pull through. With driver's licenses, oh, absolutely. With uh, with police warrants, oh, absolutely. With uh, with um, what do they call that when they when they um, uh, Extradition? a man is supposedly threatening a woman or a woman is threatening a man domestic uh, abuse yeah, domestic violence um, a um, Re- restraining order restraining order they're supposed to be recognized as well in other states. Now this is an example of of this. This situation here with guns, they're not recognized. Everything's haphazard. It's state to state. And over, this is yeah. a very interesting case to be bringing this up. And the the privileges and immunities clause of the of the uh, 14th Amendment uh, sort of goes along with this. No state shall make or enforce any law which shall abridge the privileges or immunities of citizens of the United States. The 14th Amendment here... If it's, if it's a privilege or an immunity, you are immune from government regulating your right to keep and bear arms. In well, the United I'm sure States. The, the
0: robed men will, uh, will agree with your interpretation.
2: Yeah, right. Yeah. Thanks,
0: Lily, for the call. Appreciate it. 800 259 9231. That's the SACL CAI toll free line. You can bring up anything. Take control of the airwaves. It's free talk live.
8: This program is brought to you by Freekeen.com. Freekeen.com features audio, video, and blogs chronicling the transition to a voluntary society. Freekeen.com also has comments and discussion forums so you can be heard. Freekeen.com.
0: This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up whatever you want. Dial in toll-free at 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. And tonight, it's Ian with you. And And Mark, you can join us on our website, freetalklive.com. We give you the features for free, including the Shrine of Female listeners, dozens of ladies who've sent in their validated photo or video to show they are indeed listeners of the program. Shrine.freetalklive.com. We'll get you there. That's shrine.freetalklive.com.
1: If you hate making those extra trips in to carry the grocery bags, well, for the last few months at my house, we've been using the Sack. It's a handle made of 100% recycled material right here in the United States. It's designed to simplify all kinds of carrying tasks. You can go to totasack.com and check it out. It's T-O-T-A-S-A-K.com. There's no C in TOTASAK. And uh, you can grab a family pack over there today. TOTASAK, they carry more than you
0: can. A lot more. All right, 800-259-9231. Let's go to Ryan listening in Washington. You're on Free Talk Live. Ryan, what's on your mind tonight? Hey,
10: guys. Um, earlier on, you were talking about uh, age limits and things. Yeah. And it uh, sounded like you grouped um, the 17-year-old age limit on movies in with government. Uh, restrictions on ages like uh, the drinking age and it's a smoking age. And uh, I was just wondering if you guys are aware that, you know, movie ratings and the age limits are almost completely voluntary.
2: M P A A
0: yeah, the Motion yes. Picture Association of America. You are correct about that. Uh, I d- didn't mean to imply that it was a government rating. D-
1: don't you think the government, if the if, if the mo- if the movie industry didn't do it, that the government would have gotten involved anyway? So therefore, you're talking about a situation where they
0: pretty much had to. That was what they did to the uh, the, the software industry. Yeah.
1: Uh,
10: yes. Uh, they were definitely going to step in, yeah. and that's why the the movie industry did it. Um, However, you know the point is that the movie industry did step up and they did start doing it. And as far as I know, they don't charge anyone to rate a movie. Um, well, that's that's great, pro-
1: but I mean, you know, it's it's the government's gig, right? If you don't come up with some ratings here, we're gonna come in and do it for you. And uh, that's that's not free. That's not freedom. It, it's just essentially doing what if you.
0: It may not have been what know, the market if, wanted. If
1: a guy sticks with a gun well, in your back and you walk forward, it doesn't mean you willingly walked forward.
10: Well, I mean, by the same token, though, Mark, if the government did it, all movies would have to be rated. And there's presently no law that says that you have to have your movie rated.
2: I think, well, maybe I think we got all...
1: lucky as a result, but I don't I don't think that that means that uh, – um, I, 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 you're still not talking about voluntary.
2: Well, I think an, an, a, perhaps a, another uh, way to look at a paradigm that does work voluntarily is you look at uh, manga, the Japanese, Japanese comic book art.
6: This is um, regulated.
2: Uh, it's not, and that's okay. one of the neat things about it. Uh, you go into any bookstore, any major bookstore or small independent bookstore, and they have a huge section of manga now. Uh, the manga, the manga section has grown dramatically, particularly with younger kids. And on almost every manga cover, you'll see a little stamp that gives you the age appropriateness. Of that of that story, uh, because some of them have some pretty intense stuff—violence or sexual themes, nudity, uh, all sorts of wild stuff. Uh, yeah, that, one guy
0: just uh, got a six-month sentence for having some animal sex, uh, child sex manga.
2: Yes, yes.
0: I, I doubt they're uh, selling that at Barnes and Noble.
2: No, but probably
1: no tentacle porn there.
2: But these these two sorts of things—they uh, have older teen, they have teen, they have thirteen and up, they have children, young child. So these these are ways that. That the parents who are typically buying these for the kids, the parents with the money, can look at them and say, okay, this is good. This actually helps the marketplace. It helps the customer distinguish. It helps the reader distinguish between what is appropriate and what is not appropriate.
1: I agree, and I think that that I, I think the MPAA, ra- um, it's MPAA, MP- MPAA ratings are pretty good. And I would like to point out they've changed over time. Mm. Um, that what used so to it be they did used to be PG-13. Well, but PG-13 has become more lax than it was when it came out. um You know, decade, two decades ago, Porky's would be considered PG-13 now rather than rated R.
2: Yeah. Yeah, and and but but to to, to bring. And in another thing, though. You know, he mentioned how um, he didn't want people to get confused with the movie ratings and, and government deciding for people what is age appropriate for certain types of behavior. I mean, all of this goes towards how we fall into when we start talking about these things. And I don't want to sound like, you know, some sort of Dr. Phil, you know, guy talking about habits or whatever. But I think many people in conversations, when they talk about what's right and what's wrong for kids and so on, they, they mix what their own feelings are about what is good or bad for kids and what legislation should be about what is good or bad for kids well that's so, what they've been trained to do exactly exactly that well, whatever
0: you feel should be legislated
2: right and and that is it that that first first of all it's a major problem second of all it's indicative of just how far people r- don't even realize they've been indoctrinated into the idea of all decisions should be made through the siphon of government and yeah, legislation it's the worst way to make a decision
0: yeah. go ahead Ryan uh, thoughts on all this
10: Yeah, I just thought one other thing I would mention is that while the MPA ratings are the most popular, um, in recent times other people have started doing independent ratings. Um, Netflix in particular has rated every movie in their library just about.
0: Really? uh, Rated with with what system?
10: They have a separate system that they've developed. They give you, uh, it's actually much more informational, they give you uh, an age um, from like 12 to 18. Uh, no, I'm sorry. It goes from, you know, like young kids to like 18. How, how old the, the, they think the movie, the person needs to be for the movie to be appropriate for them. They give you a, uh, like, you know, this is absolutely, we think this is absolutely appropriate for their age or, you know, you should still watch it with them and use caution or, you know, absolutely not unless they're very mature like a red yellow green thing. Oh yeah,
0: how about um, that? I've never even you, I've never even noticed that, but you <laughs> you're right. They they do yes, have and that. and then
10: they give you if you click on it they give you this huge breakdown about what contributed to that score in terms of, you know, violence, sexuality, um sure enough. Know, uh, profanity. So, and they've rated almost every movie in their library including ones that the authors decided not to submit to the MPAA ratings process. Right,
0: so even unrated and, films and that kind of thing. And Netflix the Netflix
10: ratings are starting to get around because they're better. So, I don't think it's, you know, I, I realize that the MPAA rating system was spurned by the threat of legislation, but I don't think it's really fair to uh, equate them in the way Mark is, because the, the market is doing ratings, you know, aside from the MPAAs
0: now. Uh, Netflix, That's a great point. A example, there's actually a competing systems, rating system, is, is what you're saying. I'm glad that yeah, there's, there's competing, competing rating, rating systems.
1: Rating systems. I'm, I'm for that. I, I just. You know, I, I when the MPAA, when, when Hollywood formed the MPAA, basically at the uh, the threat of the government, and it and it wasn't really anything but that. I I I don't know if that I entirely consider that market oriented.
2: And and well, you know, oh, no, something not. that comes to mind is the very fact that the marketers of these things have to entice you to buy them, have to get you to buy them, and can't force you to buy them. They can't throw them into your house. That itself is its own differentiation. The market itself with sales leaders and those those companies that do best. You look at – for years, Michael Medved, conservative talk radio host, has been saying – PG and G movies outsell rated R and NC-17 yeah.
1: movies beyond belief. And if you want uh, up up and coming movie guys, if you want to make a fortune, make a kids movie.
2: Right, and he says you know the critics are always looking at the rated R movies and things like that, but that itself is it shows you that the marketplace itself finds its own avenues, and you don't need to have these people deciding and and you know being being the uh, the uh, social arbiters for everybody else. I,
0: I think that what maybe what we could come to on an agreement here is that the MPAA rating system, while not a hallmark of the true free market and uh, of a free market in action, in that it was likely coercively implemented perhaps something like that would have come out eventually without the I demands can't see how of, it wouldn't without the demands of the government but still you can't really hold it up as uh, as a shining example of the market acting uh, without governmental in- interference thank you for the call tonight appreciate hearing from you 8002 259 92.31, that's the SACL CAI toll-free line. You can take control of the airwaves and bring up anything. And I am looking here at the, uh, the Netflix ratings, and they are very detailed. So, more coming up. Take control. Bring up anything. Free Talk Live. free talk live you can bring up whatever you want just dial in toll free at 800-259-9231 that's the SACL cai toll free line and tonight it's ian with you Vanguard and mark you can join us online free talk that's the place to go the features they're free so enjoy those on us again Freetalklive.com features including updates you get signed up Get on the updates list, or you can watch us on uh, Twitter or Facebook. There are various different ways for you to be kept in the loop as to what's going on with Free Talk Live. You can go and look at all the options at news.freetalklive.com. That'll show you uh, how to get on board with updates, our Twitter and our Facebook. All over at news.freetalklive.com. We continue with your phone calls here. Talk to Kurt, listening in Louisiana, to KBYO-FM. Hello, Kurt. Kurt? Oh, this is Frank. Oh, Frank in, yeah. Frank in Ohio? Yeah. Okay, Frank, I guess we've got you.
3: Hey, thank you. I'm very blessed. Hey, thank you. That's uh, H.R. 45, the National ID Gun Legislation. Okay. Uh, If you want to vote no on it. And for those people out there uh, concerned with gun issues, uh, I would advise them to get in touch with uh, uh, Officer Jack McLam or uh, Officer uh, Sheriff Richard Mack or uh, 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 sheriff uh, Prince.
0: Okay, what's it? Uh, what what would the point of that be?
3: Uh, well, the, those fellows are, are for the uh, states' rights and for people to carry guns. Okay, and they've been fighting these kind of things a long time, and and uh, they're they're all ex-military and ex-law enforcement people. That I've love-
0: heard uh, the name Richard Mack. I understand that I believe he's a, a libertarian sheriff.
3: Yeah, most excellent man, and uh, I certainly recommend Judge Napolitano. He's a most excellent man.
0: Well, too. Uh, Judge uh, Andrew Napolitano will be speaking at the upcoming 2010 Liberty Forum here in a, just a few weeks up in uh, Nashua, New Hampshire. So, anybody that wanted to uh, get the chance to to meet him, I don't know if there are any tickets left for the for the, the dinner engagement.
1: But as last I heard, there were a few. Uh, just like a he, few. He said a few left. So, yeah. um, I, yeah. one would need to get one's butt into one's gear. So, what else, yeah, that, uh,
0: Frank?
3: That'd be an honor to meet him uh, during that. Uh, uh, Sheriff Mack, June 27, 1997, Supreme Court ruling, state legislators are not legally obligated to federal legislation, and people can check on that. And there there are some old sayings out there. Uh, as far as the twig is bent, so grows the tree, you know, and virtue is its own reward. You know, you guys were talking about legislation, the uh, insurance industry. Making the laws, and back in the '60s, you know, they had those kind of statistics. We just didn't have all the young people that we do today. So naturally, those uh, statistics on that are going to go up. But as far as the wait a kids, minute,
0: oh, you're saying that the statistics on young people having car accidents, right. you believe, will, are up because there are more young people today?
3: Exactly. So plus the other problems like. Uh, Don't you
0: think it's a percentage? Are you, are you saying there are more young people as a percentage of population today?
3: Yes.
1: I see. I would say that yeah. there's likely more the young people certainly on the road because um, I, I would think that just because as the nation as it becomes wealthier, um, I wouldn't imagine in the 70s kids had cars as uh, early as, as early and as uh, mm. as often True. as they do Maybe, now. Yeah. That would be my my That's guess on that one. Well, I mean, I, dro- with- I drove Junkers, but now the kids kids are all driving nice cars because well, their I parents was- want them to have anti-lock brakes and uh, and uh, airbags.
3: I was a truck driver for many, many years, and you can't miss a lick out there. And now, with cell phones and text messaging, it makes it even more tempting to uh, do something other than 110%. Uh, on your driving ability.
0: Yeah, and that's not a bad idea, I, that, or that's and, not rather a good idea, is to uh, take your attention off the road. Thank you for the call, Frank. Appreciate hearing from you. 800-259-9231. That is the SACL CAI toll-free line. I tend to like uh, what was suggested earlier. That is uh, young people that are raised with being inculcated with the uh, intention of responsibility in life. Responsibility with drinking, responsibility with sex, responsibility with driving, I think are, are much less likely to be as wild and crazy uh, with those things when they finally do encounter the opportunities to avail uh, themselves of them. So I think that'd be the best way to, to to handle things and whether that means, you know, sitting your five-year-old on your lap and let them grab the wheel and just kind of easing them into uh, the world of driving and, you know, year after year, showing them a thing or two more about the car and how it's dangerous and all of that. Whereas uh, instead of just, you know, slapping them into a quick, uh, driving course when they're yeah. 15 the, the, and throwing them on the road. That
1: part we can all agree is just silly. The idea that a parent takes no responsibility whatsoever for their child's, uh, you know, education in the area of the automobile, which is even more important than drinking, quite honestly, um, this is a huge part of modern life is to be able to, to operate a motor vehicle. They give them over to the uh, the high school football coach and say who gives them a, uh, you know, a, a semester's worth of education. Sometimes it's summer school and it's two weeks um i i went to you know i got the instructions the, the the book instructions, which I was very good at,
0: and the driving instruction which i wasn't so good at um all I in actually the I failed weeks. the the written tests I failed the written test i think once or twice before I was able to pass it, but the driving test was no problem at all like that was a monkey could have passed the driving test. Blindfolded. Uh, I didn't
1: have any problem with the government driving test. I had a problem with the, um, the, the, the school, uh, you know, the, the class. Uh, which I, I never found, went to that. Which I found silly because I didn't really get much instruction either Um, on, mm. in this area. I found it silly that um, they should rate me on how well I drive in the driver's ed course. It's a course on how well you, uh, you know, like on how to learn how to drive. Yeah. They should how be are you teaching you anything? Me. I mean, shouldn't the teacher have gotten a grade? Yeah, that's <laughs> you a know? Good point. I I had one week's... Uh, did I improve? I, I don't know. I mean, it's just so silly. It's all so, silly.
0: Well, say, since we're on the topic of licenses, that kind of brings us back around to where we started the show. We started by talking about how uh, Los Angeles and probably some other cities around the country are cracking down on dro- uh, dog licenses. They're trying to uh, shake as much cash out of people as they possibly can. But what happens when you take the idea of dog licenses a step further? I mean, I never really thought about this, but apparently somebody has. Some bureaucrat has been busily thinking up a new way to control you. And the story is from the Daily Mail over in the U.K., where every dog owner will have to take a costly competence test to prove they can handle their pets under new government proposals designed to curb dangerous dogs. Owners of all breeds would have to buy third-party insurance in case their pet attacked someone and pay for the insertion of a microchip in their animal, recording the name and address. The proposals are among a range of measures to overhaul dog laws in England and Wales, being considered by senior ministers who are expected to announce a public consultation within weeks. But critics said responsible dog owners would be penalized by yet more red tape and higher bills. One expert estimated the extra costs at 60 pounds or more, while irresponsible owners of dangerous dogs will just ignore the measures. <laughs> they, and they're
1: right. Yeah, it's 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 absolutely true. Yeah. How do they enforce this dog licensing thing? we will
0: stop you on the street if they see you with your dog.
1: But but the people that you see them on the street with their dog likely aren't the people that I mean you know people that are irresponsible with their dog let them out the back door and they run the neighborhood or whatever yeah. I mm-hmm. mean I lived right next door in in a a, you know, a golf community with people that dog love go out the door I never saw them walking their dog.
0: They added that genuine dog lovers could end up paying for efforts to control a small number of devil dogs that terrorize socially deprived areas. The RSPCA said last night it would welcome a review of legislation which has failed to curb the numbers of dangerous dogs that can attack and sometimes kill children and adults. But a spokesman for the charity added, we wouldn't support anything that would hit sensible owners while failing to police those who are in danger.
2: Well, you know, the the, the whole idea of what is sensible and what is not sensible, they, they often squeeze the word reasonable into legislation. I remember mm-hmm. sitting there one time as a man who used to be Uh, member of the New Hampshire Supreme Court, uh, former congressman. He sat there and said, well, you know, we who write laws use the word reasonable. We slide it in. He was talking about how it was a good thing because it left everything open to interpretation. (laughs) It's like – uh, yeah, okay, that's great. So clearly they they open up the slippery slope with that one. Absolutely.
0: You know? Well, yeah. I mean, the slope's already been opened yeah. by things like dog licensing. Absolutely. So this these ideas, and there's a little bit more to the story here, 800-259-9231, that's the SACL-CAI toll-free line. We'll get a little more detailed as to what exactly they have planned here. 800-259-9231, the SACL-CAI toll-free line. But basically the government in the U.K. is proposing, and this could come here soon, The government is proposing that uh, they'll determine whether or not you can own a dog at all. And how about having kids? Exactly. That's what's next, right? It's Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up whatever you want. Just dial in toll-free at 800-259-9231. Sakel CAI toll-free line tonight. Ian with you. And Gard. And Mark. Join us online at freetalklive.com. We give you the features. They're free. If you like the show and you want to help support Free Talk Live, you can become an amplifier for as little as 3 bucks a month. Take that money in, reinvest it into the show, get on more radio stations around the country, bring more Internet listeners on board, and expose new people to the ideas of freedom. Head over to amp.freetalklive.com and become a Free Talk Live amplifier. Any major credit card accepted, also alternative methods, Uh, plus you can do PayPal. All over there at amp.freetalklive.com. So, we're talking about dogs and you. Apparently, over in the UK, they've decided that, well, maybe you aren't quite ready to take care of a dog. We need to be uh, putting in tests, competency tests, to ensure that You can handle the uh, responsibilities of dog ownership. And the argument here is that the dog
2: could put someone else at risk. Therefore, just like driving a car, you could put someone else at risk. You must be licensed and given permission to do what the government will allow you to do. And, of course, if you extrapolate that, we asked the question before the break or whatever uh, about – what happens when you could potentially raise a child who could become antisocial?
0: Well, we do know that over in the U.K., which is where the story is coming from in the Daily Mail, that they already have some pretty oppressive rules when it comes to raising children. They already have kind of households that have been designated as, as problem households where uh, – there's this database, and doctors and teachers and other people have access to the database that they can all, just all go in there and kind of leave information for each other about this particular family. And there's, there's a lot of uh, sharing of information that goes on amongst people that are kind of connected to the system in general up there. There was was it the, was it the UK where they were putting uh, talking about putting cameras in these people's homes or did they actually do that? I don't recall. Mark, do you recall that story? Yeah, about they they were uh, they were at least talking
1: about it. I thought they yeah. had them in. there. I
0: thought they had them in there. Maybe one of our UK listeners can uh, can freshen us up on that. But basically, these these designated problem families are kind of under the watchful eye of the state, and they they wanted to take that to the next level by actually installing cameras or a camera system in each of their homes. So that they could be monitored at any old time. That's yeah, interesting. I had heard about how they wanted the various social workers
2: and psychiatric people to report on them when they had gone in to these homes, into yes. these troubled homes. Uh, everything going over to their dietary choices and and whether they were eating properly. Yeah, absolutely.
1: Properly. It was about dietary choices.
2: Yes, and, and uh, I, you know, I I don't understand. It's it's I I just don't understand how people's thinking can go. In that direction, and they say to themselves, in the direction of putting cameras in people's homes. Yeah, I mean, you've got you've got a guy, a British man, George Orwell, you know, which yeah. was his pen name, writing about that. One of the most famous authors to come out of England in the 20th
0: century, you know. Nobody and paid that, attention, huh? I it just it boggles
2: the mind. It's like the lessons
0: are not learned. Well, some people learned them, but apparently not enough, right? I mean, obviously there are people over there. I've I've seen videos of them, so I know that there are people that are very dissatisfied with the way things are. Yeah. I mean, Ziggy calls uh, oh, our show, awesome. and you know we've yeah. heard from folks over in the UK before. Clearly, there are some people that get it, but not enough. No, S- same thing with this country.
2: I mean, you look at you look at I, I was speaking with Darren Register a little while ago, my friend from the uh, the Hobgoblin Pub in in Bath in Bath. And um, we talked about punk rock. And, you know, at London and, and all over England, all over the, the United Kingdom and in the British Isles, um, there, it was such a hotbed of revolutionary music that had a message, an anti-authoritarian message. The Sex Pistols... And Richard Branson, Virgin Records, hired a barge on the Queen's Silver Jubilee to go up and down the Thames to sing God Save the Queen because the song had been banned by the government. There was a black bar across the number one slot on the U.K. charts. <laughs> God Save the wow. Queen. You couldn't, they couldn't mention it. It couldn't be played. And yet it became number one. I mean, that's one of the things the that The best helped. way to make your song popular. Exactly. The South were certainly
1: anti-authoritarian, but, but it's not like they
2: said anything. Well, see, this is the thing. Darren and I were talking about it, and, and we said the problem is that they were anti that authority. They're not anti-authority in general because they believe that there has to be some authority that would represent the little guy, the proletariat. Put us in charge. Exactly. It's it's very frustrating. So you had this little hope, this DIY, do-it-yourself attitude with all these bands that came around, you know, and it didn't do anything because – they weren't truly anti-authority. They were just anti-authority making those choices. They yeah.
0: wanted other authority to take things from people and redistribute wealth and all that. It's so common and it's so sad that people haven't figured this out yet. That, and, and I don't blame them. I mean, they're encouraged to do this. It's just like we were talking about earlier. They're encouraged by the system to, well, if you don't like the system, just work within it to take control and then you get to tell everyone what to do. Mm. Oh, yeah. yeah. Boy, I could run the world. I know what's right and I know what's wrong and boy if i just had all those men with guns at my disposal everything would work just fine Yep. Yeah. i'll and fix this i yeah. know how to make the system work and so yeah. they fight and with one another for the rest of their lives over who gets to control who and and in that process as dr mary ruart puts it in her book healing our world uh, in the process of attempting to control others you, you will find yourself inevitably controlled let's continue with tim listening to kbyo in the swamp tim you're on free talk live in louisiana
4: well, good evening, boys. It's amazing how much credit you guys give the state, you know? Credit? That they can actually pull anything off, you know?
0: <laughs> like what? What do you mean?
4: Well, you, you know, you diss them for education and everything else, and then you think that, my God, they're going to put cameras in all their homes, you know?
0: But they are, They can't even
4: Tim. keep the grid up, you know? Well,
0: no, no, but, I, no, I agree with you that the state is incompetent. But if they throw enough money at something, a, bi- a road will get built. If they throw enough money, a school will get built. If they throw enough money, four million cameras will be put up right, in the Tim, United Kingdom. It's not
1: like we're rambling on about conspiracies here. We're reading yeah, how stories. How about your all.
9: big dig up
4: there,
1: buddy? <laughs> it's <only laughs> yeah. my day, yeah. You got
2: that
4: right. Yeah. yeah. Well, anyhow, but I would call it about dogs, you know? Sure. And I don't recommend keeping dogs because, you know, I don't think you should own a pet you won't eat. And I have tried dog when I was in Central America. How was it? It It, was, it tasted a lot like goat.
1: I've never had goat. Never so had goat either.
4: Um, yeah. Um, I I was at this girl's Kien Sierra, You know, she turned 15 years old. You know. Okay. And they were Mayans, and um, they made what I thought was goat stew. You know,
0: uh-huh. uh,
4: roasted goat and then stewed it, right?
0: But it was a dog.
4: But it turned out to be the dog. You and know, and how was it? It was actually quite good. Hmm. But um, the trouble with that is, like, dog food is so filled with junk today that you wouldn't want to eat an American dog. You know? Really? Yeah. So and,
0: what do you uh, want to feed? What do you want to feed a dog to make them so they're tastiest?
4: Well, uh, you know, we fed them chicken. Because, you know, it was like this, okay? Every evening, they'd bring the chicken to the table. And because I was the guest, I'd get the first cut off of the chicken, then went to the dad, and then to the mom, and then to the oldest girl, the oldest boy, and on down through mm. the ranks, you know, and we got beans and rice with that. And after dinner, we'd call everybody over, or call the dog over, and we would eat up, you know, Anything that was left on the plates, right? So it comes the girl's quien sierra, you know, and her mom gets her all dressed up and invites everybody over and, you know, presents her to the community. And uh, we had this feast. And so after dinner, I'm calling the dog oh, to oh, no. give him the bones. And the littlest boy goes, he ain't coming. You just ate him.
2: Oh, no. That's like he a got, horror story. Got told by the little kid. Good thing you yeah. didn't call for grandma. <laughs>
1: You know,
4: I'm just saying it was good, but I wouldn't eat American dogs
1: It's an interesting story, no doubt But I I, want to question this idea that that you shouldn't have a pet that you won't eat Why is that? I mean, why can't you just have a pet to love and and take care of? Well, I just feel if you're going to feed it, you ought to be able to eat it, you know I I think I I think I've got my dogs like in case of emergencies, kind of eating. You know what I mean? Oh, okay. It would be a a real emergency, but an emergency nonetheless.
0: Like you don't intend to. uh, I'm not going to feed the
1: kid to the dog. I can tell you that.
2: Well, you know, it's it's a it's a strange thing too. You bring up sort of an abstract thing for I think many freedom lovers. I many many years ago, I had a sort of a blind date with a woman who was a vegan. And uh, uh, being a libertarian, I, I I try to uphold the uh, uh, concept of not bringing harm to my fellow man, uh, and I also don't like to see animals get hurt. I don't like to see yeah. them, you know. It's not the easiest bad. issue. Yeah, and so you know when you don't see the, it's particular. And I, I hate to sound distasteful. If anyone's eating or in their car or anything like that, grabbing a burger, but. You know, we don't see the cow getting slaughtered. Back in the old days, you might have had the farm just a few miles away, or you might have been on the farm. Nowadays, right. you know, very efficient farming. And and it removes that, and and so I'm inconsistent when it comes to my eating of beef. Uh,
0: we can talk more well, about I, that here in a moment. I
4: try to avoid industrial food.
0: Hmm. Tim, I want to thank you for the call tonight. I appreciate the thoughts and great story. Uh, I appreciate hearing from you. I think that, uh, you know, if, if cats and dogs uh, were allowed to be eaten or that, you know, slaughtered and eaten... Oh, maybe this, you're saying it's not illegal to. Kill cats I, I I wouldn't think it was. I
1: certainly can't imagine that it could enforce it in any way. Hour number three. If it was somebody else's
0: up. cat or dog. That'd be an issue. It would certainly deal with the overpopulation issue. Hour three on the way. It's free talk live. Have you been thinking about starting a website? I'm gonna tell you about a great offer from HostGator. HostGator is a worldwide leader for web hosting, and they make it easy to get your own .com domain name. You create your very own website with their free site builder tools and templates. Use the coupon code FTL, that's FTL is in free talk live, and sign up at HostGator.com to receive your first month completely free. Whether you want a personal blog or a complete e-commerce business website, let the experts at HostGator.com host you. This is Free Talk Live, kicking off the third hour of the program, inviting you to take control of the airwaves and bring up anything, 800-259-9231, that's the SACL CAI toll-free line. And how do you feel about the idea of licensing for dog ownership? I'm not saying getting a dog license, I'm saying you'd have to be licensed in order to get a dog in the first place. That's the proposal. It's on the table right now over in the U.K., and of course, as ideas, uh, bureaucrats tend to share ideas with one another, you can expect that uh, if this goes through successfully in the U.K., somebody will probably pick it up for, uh, for this country. Because apparently there's some problems with dogs biting people in the uh, the UK. So they believe that if they, well, if they just force everybody that owns a dog to go through some sort of dog training class and get certified in order to own dogs, that that'll solve the problem. And, you know, in an indirect way, this is
2: the same sort of argument that leads to euthanasia, uh, leads to when you have a government run health care system, leads to uh, rationing of health care based on uh, what the government decides the chances of you surviving are. Because, you know, as as uh, one of the advisors to Barack Obama said, um, he's the brother of Rahm Emanuel. His name is Ezekiel Emanuel. Um, he wrote uh, pages of text on how older people, well, they've had more life years. And so, therefore, we shouldn't really consider them as high priorities when it comes to the weight that they um, – uh, that they're uh, imposing on the system, we should really think about giving the money to other people because there'll be less of a drag.
1: Well, I mean, it's that's clearly the uh, the logical conclusion of government health care. Right. It's, so, it's obvious.
2: So if they can decide whether people can have a dog because the dog could be a burden on society, the dog could be dangerous, a threat – And as we said in the last segment, then perhaps they could decide whether or not people could have children because those children could grow up to be antisocial if they're not brought up the right way. Then they could also decide whether you yourself are too much of a drag on the system. Right,
1: but this is – and it leads to, like, really what does a dog do – for society as a whole.
3: You said dog do. You <laughs> get that. It was good. <laughs> no, I know what
1: you mean. They're, they do Just nothing. Make feel good. So yeah. then you have the bureaucrats. Uh, you know, there's a few more bite, dog biting incidents. The bureaucrats made it. They, they licensed this person to have a dog, and mm-hmm. their dog bit somebody. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. then you go down the road of well, the, the cover your butt road, as as they call it in uh, in government work, the C Y A road. Yeah. And then they're not. Li- they won't issue any licenses because. It's their job to keep people safe. How in the world uh, from dogs? How in the world could they possibly keep people safe from dogs if they allowed people to have dogs? I mean, this was the um, when I was in prison. My uh, you know at the it was the last year in the last year that I was in prison. Mm-hmm. My grandmother passed away, mm-hmm. and um, it was just before the last year. Anyway, it was about that time mm-hmm. my grandmother passed away. Now at this time I was uh, able to go out into the community. I was able to play with a chainsaw in the immediate vicinity of a uh, of a correctional officer. Um, I you know. A a, a a civilian, um, mm-hmm. you know, people like that. I could be trusted outside, but I couldn't. the 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 bureaucrats wouldn't give me the ability to go to my grandmother's funeral.
9: Jeez, wow. Or go Why? see her on
1: her deathbed. Right. Well, that was it. Was actually the deathbed visit originally, and then they oh. they drugged their feet so long that then they had to make a decision on the funeral visit, and the decision they made was no. You can't make we, we, we th- th- This was the whole purpose of these these th- the furloughs, these hardship furloughs. Yes, I was right. I That's had to pay, up with them. Uh, pay a sheriff to come from Manatee County to pick me up, put me in chains, drag me off to the funeral, and I was you know I had that all set up, but they still wouldn't take the risk. Why? Because something bad could happen. And as I as I never even heard of an instance where somebody had on a uh you know a, a hardship furlough of, yes. actually done anything. Certainly on other kinds of furloughs, convicts had done yeah, things. Yeah. But this is what happens when you leave bureaucrats in charge of, uh, you know, these kind of things. just closed the pool. No fun
0: anymore, right? I mean, somebody right. got hurt, so nobody gets to have any fun. Right?
1: Because if you, the, the bureaucrat who's in charge, the bureaucrat who's in charge of the pool gets in trouble.
0: Yeah, but it's not mm-hmm. like they have any real liability. No, not any real
1: liability. But somebody said right. something to them, and that's bad.
0: Let's go to, t- uh, let's go to Ted calling from the woods on the amp line. Ted, you're on Free Talk Live.
11: Hey, Guardian Mark.
0: Hey, What's hey Ted. What's on your mind, Ted?
11: Oh. Well, my wife called in earlier. Uh, I'm sorry about that. She ain't too bright, but
0: Well <laughs> I don't understand how you can't keep I, that woman on a shorter leash. Okay. She sounded I way more intellectual I than I could handle, I'll tell you that.
11: I should I should have never taught her how to use a phone is what I said.
2: <laughs>
0: <laughs> Maybe you should only
2: you should be licensed to do that sort there of thing. You
11: go. Yeah, she should be licensed to use a phone.
0: Yes. So what's up, Ted? Well,
11: I was, oh, I, I used to live in the UK and uh man so I know a little something about all them dog regulations they got over there, um you had to have a chip in your dog over there.
0: Yeah. No, you don't have to yet. They're looking at mandating that. Oh, I, that's okay.
11: No, you had to.
0: Hmm. Okay. Maybe, maybe it's in different just areas. The county
11: I lived in. Yeah. Maybe. Maybe. Yeah. Because I was in I was in Suffolk County. Um. Uh, but uh, that guy was talking about eating them earlier. I guess it's just a question of which way you cook them.
0: <laughs> oh man! This have is you had some? Brisly.
11: No, I ain't never had dog. Never it's had one dog. of the few things I ain't had. I've, I've eaten just about every one of God's creatures. So
0: well, Why stop there? I'm working on it. Oh, you're, you're going to give it a try someday? Get,
11: I'll eventually get the dog one of these days. All right. One of these days I will get the dog. I'm working on it.
0: All right, Ted. What else?
11: Oh, I was wondering, do you, do you know if I can shoot a 38 caliber uh, shot shell through my 357 Magnum?
1: Hell if no, I know. have no idea. I doubt it. Uh, my recommendation uh, is don't shoot anything that it's not designed for.
11: Well you can shoot a regular thirty eight out of three fifty seven. I I'm just kind of worried because all know. the little BBs, it might uh it might end up hitting the back of the barrel or something since it's yeah, 38 that wouldn't be shorter. Good.
2: Yep. Yeah, it's gonna spray all over the place. I Try know. Gun
0: Talk Live. <laughs> there was a show named that, wasn't there? <laughs> there was oh, yeah.
11: You guys don't talk about guns nearly enough. Well, well We don't I'm know enough about, about
0: guns. Yeah. I mean yeah, I've, I've got i I've got, got an AK, but it. I don't know that much about guns. I could I Ted so I will bet AK, you AK is it? Wasser.
11: A uh, Wasser? all
1: yeah. right. I, I'll bet you by uh, the end of the show, Ted, if you listen for the next forty-five minutes, that somebody will have called in with an answer. I don't know if Puke's listening, but I can assure you he knows the yeah, answer. Yeah, he that. knows. No.
11: Well, I hope so. I'm, I'm looking. I'm looking forward to that. I was wondering that. I, I was kind of worried about trying it out.
0: So the question was: Can you put a thirty eight shotgun shell in a three fifty seven?
11: Yep, thirty eight special, a in, shot shell
0: in, in a revolver. It uh,
11: it's no no, they make little shot shells for a uh, thirty eight special. I ain't seen one for a three fifty seven, but if there was a slightly longer one it probably work.
0: Okay. Well, you know, good luck, Ted. Uh, and uh, there are plenty of gun forums, of course, on the internet as well, wherein you might be able to find those sorts of answers. Yeah, I
11: could use the internet, or I could talk to you guys about
0: it. You, <laughs> right. You can you. You talk to the experts or talk to Free Talk Live. You're right. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for the call tonight. 800-259-9231. We are better experts asking, in
1: not much. <laughs> yeah, better better off asking us how to cook the cat Phony than that.
0: <laughs> Let's go to Ziggy in the UK. Ziggy, yeah. you're on Free Talk Live. Uh, you have a dog, Zig. Sorry, I didn't catch what you last said. Do you have a dog?
12: No, I don't. All right, you were uh, you mentioned my name and you had some queries about certain policies over here. So I thought I'd ring in and and, and uh, answer the questions you had.
2: You are Zig the Answer Man.
12: <laughs> okay, you wanted to know about uh, about um, t- uh, cameras in in uh, the homes of disruptive families. Yes. Um, it was a trial. Um, it hasn't been rolled out across the country yet. And I doubt it will be simply because the government has no cash, and we're about to have a change of government here. Um, even though I don't think the Conservatives are going to be any better, I think they wouldn't um, implement that policy.
0: Why do they have no uh, cash? You don't they just have the ability to print it out like the Federal Reserve?
12: <laughs> yeah, they have been doing that. Um, I don't know, understand. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not Mister Economist. I don't understand the, the, the full details, but. We are being told that the deficit is, is, is worryingly large. But, but, you're, but you're saying they might...
0: did try this program, meaning they, they actually did put some cameras in some homes of uh, disruptive p- families.
12: Yeah. Also, uh, chips and dogs. You do have to get a chip in a dog if you want to take the dog abroad. Hmm,
1: okay. Mm. If you want to eat the dog, have know, you have to eat them bring chips. It back.
12: Um, is... Also, um, the Sex Pistols. Yes. Um, Gart mentioned something about that the Sex Pistols believed that uh, the, um, that they, they wanted someone to protect the proletariat. Um, the thing about the Sex Pistols well, is that they were it, actually should, rebellious uh, zig, fun zig, zig enough zig, against it, the zig. Labour government, which had promised so much to the working man, to the proletariat, but hadn't delivered... Right. John
2: Lydon actually says this in The Filth and the Fury. Right, Ziggy, I, I, I should be more specific. I was going from the Sex Pistols to so many of the uh, so-called anarchists at the time, and you're absolutely right. The, the Labour government, they were very upset with the Labour government, but I'm sure... It had to do with the idea that the labor government didn't go far enough towards socialism the way they wanted. Ziggy, thank
0: you for the call. Appreciate hearing from you. As always, 800-259-9231. That's the SACL-CAI toll-free line. You can bring up whatever's on your mind to control of the airwaves. This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up anything. Just dial in toll-free at 1-800-259-9231, the SACL-CAI toll-free line. 800-259-9231. Tonight, it's Ian with you. And guard. And Mark. And you can join us online at freetalklive.com. All the features are totally free, so enjoy those on us. Again, that's freetalklive.com features, including our streams. We've got live uh, broadband and dial-up streams. We've got a webcam Plus, you can even access Free Talk Live via any phone that can dial long distance via our Listen Lines. You can get all the details at listen.freetalklive.com. Get tuned in. Listen.freetalklive.com.
1: Um, Escape from Terra. It's a online serial uh, cartoon uh, comic strip from Big Head Press. You can go check it out at bigheadpress.com. But don't go and see today's strip because today's strip is not safe for work. Don't, da- don't you dare. Yeah. Bigheadpress.com. <laughs> If you, um, it's it's right there. They got a little banner for Escape from Terra at the top of the page, but you could go to slash eft if you wanted to. Cool. All right. So, and how often is that published? Every day, every, every day. weekday. Um, about and that? so every morning, you can pop on there and take a look. They also have another one. do oh, um, they make money on that stuff. They sell they they sell uh, comics on the side, and then they'll right. um as they so they, the print they sell print versions as they go every year. There's there's also there's um there's uh, so they sell comics on the side my mistake they, they have uh, banners and a lot of them are for comics and things like that on the side so they sell they have a banner model and they also will be selling a every year or something like that they're going to put in put out a graphic
0: novel version so you can so they, you know, they compile it all together and so you can buy a printed version you, you'll
1: be able to buy be able to buy a printed version and i believe it's like next month they're going to put out the uh, the first year i've you know, Escape from Terra, I love it. I every day I, I pop on, I I love it. The other one they have is called Phoebus Crumb. It's an adaptation of a El um, Neal Smith, uh, you know, libertarian oh, nice. uh, science fiction novel. And it's uh, the first part of that. Not safe for work either, but uh, you know, I'm I'm enjoying it. They're, they're both they're both great.
0: I think that's really cool that. You know they're kind of proving the new media model of distribution is working for comic strips there because we do it with Free Talk Live. We put Free Talk Live out, allow people to uh, to download it as they choose, and then ask later on for uh, for contributions. And these guys are putting their comics online and they're selling some banner ads and they're going to sell the actual printed version down the line. And if you if you just came out with the printed version up front, nobody would know who you were. You wouldn't have any real way of getting uh, comics sold. But if you go and you build your brand online yeah. and then you put something together down the down the road, people fall in love with your product and they'll jump at the opportunity to, uh, to spend some money on it. And it, the
1: other option is making swag too, to go with it. Sure.
2: Yeah, yeah. You know, that brings up something uh, uh, Adam Wilcox and, and Mick and I were talking about in, in one of the pods, uh, which is – I think it was a story that Adam uh, found out of New York. Uh, it might have been something Blog uh, of i had um, – Uh, About how I think it was, is it Warner Records was pushing to try to stop uh, or might be pushing to try to stop streaming uh, broadcasters uh, like Rhapsody and and Last FM and things like that where you call up songs or call up artists and you can stream it. You can't Mm. download it, but you can stream it. Uh, They want to prevent them from doing that, and that could also have implications for radio stations, FM music radio stations that stream their stuff. Sure. um, Because they know that many people have digital recording devices on their computers, as I do, as you do, and we can record virtually anything and turn it into an MP3 if we want to. So um, they want to stop that from happening. And I just, you know, these people just keep shooting themselves in the foot. I don't yeah. know how many how many clips they've got in their weapons, but they are going to knock off every toe they possibly can from their own corporate feet before they realize that they've got to take a different paradigm, the way you guys but have, the way the, they have, online with comics.
1: This is the the thing is likely they're correct though, Gardner. Um, I think that it, it will kill the music, big music industry. Because it won't it will, kill
2: the bands. No, it That's won't it. kill the bands. Exactly. But
1: you see, nobody cares right. except for the big music people about the big music industry. Bands will will figure out, and, and they are using things like MySpace, Facebook, and all that other stuff, how to get uh, their music into the ears of people who may like their, right. their music. Like, for instance, uh, Josh Noon from the Josh Noon Band, N-O-O-N-E. Mm-hmm. Great band. Uh, yeah, he is a great band. And he's managed to get his music into people's ears. There's another one. um. The gal who uh, what I can't remember her name. The one that val, uh, validated the first time in video. Hannah at Free Talk Live. What is it? Hannah at freetalklive.com. Um, she sang a song or something like that, and she's got her own website where she does stuff. Um, and so the, these this is how people are doing it on the Internet. There are a
2: lot of people within the creative commons who don't, you know, they just ask for donations and things like that. And, yes, you make money off the swag. And if I were to recommend anything to these corporate people, I would call them pinheads. But, you know, you want to be at least accessible to them with your ideas and don't have them turn away from you. Uh, Who knows, you know, if they could just catch on to the idea that they're not going to make money in record sales the way they have. They've got to recognize it. And by shutting this, these people down with streaming, uh, online streaming, they're eliminating hundreds of thousands, potentially millions of people from hearing their stuff. And it's going to be on YouTube anyway. The videos are going to be on YouTube, and they have high-quality sound on, on YouTube.
0: Are they going to prevent those? Mm, maybe, maybe. So, YouTube has an, an algorithm that they, uh, they scan the video submissions, they scan the audio tracks for, and they actually look for... Copyright patterns. Uh, patterns. Interesting. Interesting. It's really amazing. Uh, like, I have this video that I made uh, from way back uh, when Free Talk Live had our for, our listener appreciation party after we got off the air in our uh, way back in 2003 or whatever it was. Mm. And uh, I put a, a bit of an evanescence track underneath it because mm. I don't have any royalty free tracks. It sounded right. kind of cool. It was only like a minute long. What's yeah. the big deal? Right on. Um, so I uploaded that to, to YouTube and they immediately flagged it and they said that this cannot be played in certain countries like wow. it was uh, it was right. it, they let me upload it but they, it has restrictions on it well we my, gotta get to the fun- I'm yeah sure well, we well, I, oh, no, we well, I was just gonna say
2: my recommendation i
0: was just my
2: recommendation to the companies is look you guys help out with make your money on the live shows you know help with management for the live tours if you if you want to be record or music companies now and you're not going to sell as many records uh, per se then you know that the music is going to be used as a promotional device for many live bands. So get involved with the live
0: shows. It's so hard for them to change, though, guard. It is yeah. so difficult for these dinosaurs But they're
1: to... not going to make it. The dinosaurs aren't
0: going to... Dinosaurs because they can't change.
1: But they're not gonna... there's not enough room for them. The fact is that music is going to... It's too easy now. Communication has been developed to the point that we don't need big music companies anymore. You don't need to stamp out vinyl records in order to get music from one place to another now you can move it across the the lines uh, you know of
0: the, the, the internet line the tubes right. it goes right through the tubes right. into people's well, ears but i understand what you're saying what you're saying is their old business model won't work today and that they're 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 grasping they need to for, go bye-bye and this these are their, their deathrows they're right. like maybe, zombies oh, but maybe I mean, th- th- don't you think it's possible though that uh, the, the, the there could be a, a more innovative music label that somehow reinvents itself to still Add some sort of value to that uh, to that scenario, whether it's yes, being yes, but they're marketers. not going to make the kind of money that they okay, made previously. That's,
1: fine. that's the thing I'm trying to get across to you. Why? Uh, I mean, they would need to add something of value to the band and to the uh, the listener in order to be able to insert themselves in the scenario. Yes. Currently, band members can make music and get it to people uh, people who listen on the uh, the internet. They don't need big music but, companies. Right. I, no, I agree with you. I'm, I'm not defending the music companies. I'm just saying. They're dead and gone, man. And what we're seeing is watching them thrash around, and destroy the people that made their that made
0: these people made them
1: wealthy. Destroy their it's customers. Disgusting.
0: Yeah, oh I agree with you. I absolutely agree. 800 259 9231 But I don't know if that uh, that attitude can apply to all of the labels. I mean there are some labels that are bigger than others. There are some labels that have historically been very small, kind of there's more coming up here. You can bring up anything. This is Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up what you want. We're talking about dinosaurs, not the kind that roar and bite things. We're talking about the uh, the music industry and other dinosaurs. We'll get into that here in a moment. Would love your thoughts at 800-259-9231. That is the SACL-CAI toll-free line. And you can join us online. FreeTalkLive.com is where you want to go. We've got a webcam, and it is up during the show you can also chat with our listeners at the same time. It's all on the same page. Webcam and chat, all the same place. Go to cam.freetalklive.com, and it's free. That's cam.freetalklive.com.
1: MySolarBackup.com. All across the uh, eastern section of the United States, there have been just huge areas blacked out because of the snow um, in the last couple of weeks. And, well, you know, I can't say that uh, having a solar cell outside would be the easiest thing in the winter because you have to keep the snow off of it, but it's been relatively sunny. And it may have it may have been the thing that would have uh, kept me from being in the dark about five hours or eight hours or whatever it was earlier the, last week.
0: I would think this would sell big in places like Arizona, for
1: instance. Now, Arizona and Florida, um, th- these are absolutely when hurricane th- season comes through in Florida, and you're out of power for.
0: It can be days, and the sun it is was, beating was, down yeah. at that point.
1: MySolarBackup.com. It is a, you know, it's an inexpensive way to have a solar backup in, in case of emergencies. It doesn't have the fumes or all the maintenance that a gas generator does. MySolarBackup.com.
0: All right, we continue here. Uh, 800-259-9231 allows you to jump in with your thoughts on dinosaurs, the dinosaurs of the music industry specifically. Who we're talking about here. And we've been uh, discussing just the – Mark, you're pointing out, and I agree with you, that the, the music industry is lashing out in their death throes against the people that made them wealthy, against their own customers, doing things like bringing lawsuits against uh, old ladies for having files downloaded on their computer. Incredible. likely their grandchildren doing it. But nonetheless, the person with the name on the Internet account apparently is held responsible for everything that happens over the account, which I think is pretty ludicrous, considering how many people have open Wi-Fi access points at their home. So anybody on a laptop in a van across the street can be accessing their Internet and doing who knows what uh, with it. So uh, all that aside, there's no doubt that these people are on the way out. The the music uh, record labels are they they there's just something about the old guard that makes it difficult for them. Status quo, um, and
1: and uh, you know, continuity. Yeah,
0: well, it's it's continuity. well, I'm right. They feel like, well, we've always done it this way, so we should always get to do it this right. way. Right. Apparently,
1: they didn't read "Who Who
0: Moved My Cheese" or whatever it is. Yeah,
2: yeah. They've got so much invested in their paradigm that they can't shake out of it. You know, it's right. Just and so ridiculous. you see
0: these these uh, Goliaths of industry over time just petering out and dying off. Woolworths is a great example. Oh, yeah. of it. I remember when I was a kid growing up, uh, they there was a Woolworths in Sarasota, Florida. It was and a crest too. Yeah, Crest. That's another one. Uh, Moz Brothers. Yeah. Uh, I mean, some of these things were were very big businesses that Bell were Quincy. very popular in the in the past, and then phew, yeah.
2: they go they're away, gone. Man. Yeah.
0: Uh, because well, you either adapt. Or you die in business You either adapt to the changing times And to the changing desires of the consumers And you make them happy You give them what they want Or you don't make it because somebody else steps in And they do And so that's why I think that it's possible For some of these labels It's likely are going to be the smaller labels That are maybe a little more able to innovate And and change their business
1: model I was probably being somewhat hyperbolic Obviously there's going to be room in the industry For somebody who's essentially a marketer And and maybe they have an office of two or three people in there, it's just not going to be, in, to my mind, it's unlikely that you're going to be able to build a, a monolithic business that manages to essentially live off the idea of intellectual property, because you can't chase this stuff down. Right. Absolutely. Um, it's, it's not going to be the way it was, you know, with, with record rep, reps in every city going around uh, to the different radio stations, plugging their stuff, and all the kinds of things that go on in this, that went on in this industry. It's, it's changed, and it's changing. Yes. Yeah, there might be somebody who can can add marketing to uh, you know f- for a band, and then therefore add the service of bringing uh, new music to the listener. You know they might be able to insert themselves in and I create so. enough money and in order. But, but
0: the reason for, and the reason for and you're and you're right, Mark, that they they're not going to need this huge staff and the huge offices and all of that. It's very likely that labels would be able to be done online. I mean, you may not even need a central location for your for your music label. I mean, I don't know. I'm not too familiar with with that particular industry, but I do know something about talent and. Uh, not because i consider myself any uh, any talent but uh but i do know that uh, the talent in this business tends to the radio business tends to want to come in sit down behind a microphone do a show get their check at the end of the week and be done yeah like that's it you can get them to do some production work and things like that you know that they're assigned to do and they'll do their tasks but talent is not entrepreneur's They're not uh, out there marketing themselves. And so most band people, I would imagine, are similar. It's likely they just want to play the rock... Or play whatever music it is that they that they're into. Get paid to play it, to, you know, to play it. Go and you know have sex with groupies or whatever it is. That, get the drugs. Get, do whatever it is that they're, they're into the music business for, but not necessarily the marketing and the outreach to radio stations or the the other things that might be necessary to make it big or to make their uh, their their band more popular. And so that's where maybe a label could uh, could still be valuable to uh, to a lot of these band members. And that is that you know providing the management services, organizing the concert tour. Because somebody's got to call the venues and you know get all that uh, get all those ducks in a row, uh, setting up all their appearances on on uh, radio shows and other you know television venues and things like that. So I think there's definitely a role for the kind of the ancillary non-creation of music things that are still inevitably going to be associated with uh, I think the promoting role, a band.
1: The role of uh, radio stations in in new music is diminishing. Oh, radio.
0: Yeah, you're right. I, I agree with you there as well. And that's
1: that's good. That's good, that's your biggest expense feet on the street kind of. Uh, Uh, expense as far as personnel goes that's right um if you know essentially through social media at this point i would think that somebody would be able to make themselves into essentially a record label by promoting bands and things like that just by getting stuff into people's ears i don't know the the way to monetize these things but it's my understanding that the freemium model is is working pretty well which is you give people something for free and then you offer them more to pay you know to pay for essentially as the amp program goes for free talk live Mm.
0: Right. So uh, so I I, I totally agree. Radio is not going to be the way to get your music popular in in the future, most likely, unless all of a sudden the FCC goes away and then the radio business changes dramatically. Um, I don't see that happening anytime soon. So yeah, you're you're probably right about that. And but nonetheless, having a marketer, whatever the venues are for that marketer, whether it's promoting on Facebook or promoting on whatever it is that's next, because Facebook is not going to last forever either, right? Yeah, MySpace was huge. Right, it's going to be replaced. Um, so so having somebody going out there to work with your band to promote your band, so the band members can just be a band and not have to worry about that stuff. Now, that's that means that the, the bands that are willing to do that stuff themselves will be able to make more money because they'll be able to take all of it in-house and it's it'll be easier for bands to be entrepreneurial should they want to. But just kind of knowing talent, that's not what they want to do. Yeah, they they don't want to be doing that stuff. So there, there will still be opportunities out there for those who are in the same
1: way that Free Talk Live has managed to make it by essentially encapsulating every we do it ourselves, right? Every aspect of uh, sort of the radio business in the two people that the the two major people that do the show. Pardon me, Gardner No problem. Um, we we managed to make it because we were willing to do it. We could yeah. have never employed Away. the amount of people that it took to do everything where you and I could just sit here. Wouldn't have made it past the first right. year. So if if you are in the music, you know, in the business and want to get paid to do music, I would recommend you get pretty good at marketing your music to people and figuring out models that are going to get you paid and all that other stuff because those are the bands that are going to do it successfully yes. for the
0: rest of their lives. I absolutely would agree with that recommendation. That's the smartest thing to do. And it takes
1: only it takes a little bit of work up front. You know, a few. Up front but after that it pays off.
0: Yes, exactly. But nonetheless, there's still some. I think there's still going to be a role out there for somebody connected, some sort of label. And of course, if if that label is successful at promoting new media bands, you know, bands of uh, this internet age, then they'll still be able to build their brand. And if they can build a successful brand around that label, then there will be some desire of uh, bands to be associated with that label in the same way that that desire still exists today. Because yeah. you know, and and similarly, whatever the venues are that are playing that music the label may have some level of renown when the label representative calls up and says i'm so-and-so from blah 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 then that might give uh whatever band that is a little bit more attention than they might otherwise get so there may still be some value in some of the things that the labels do will they be huge monolithic entities with mass massive offices and piles of cocaine everywhere uh like they used to be in the past no definitely not and that's a good thing. Much to the chagrin of the Warners and Sony BMGs and the rest of those uh, capital records and all those guys out there. 800-259-9231, that is the Seykel CAI toll-free line. You can bring up anything, take control of the airwaves, even in the remaining moments. It's Free Talk Live. If You can bring up whatever's on your mind if you dial in toll-free at 800-259-9231. That's the SACL-CAI toll-free line. 1-800-259-9231. Tonight, Ian with you. Hey, And Mark, join us online at freetalklive.com. We give you the features for free, so enjoy those on us. Again, that is freetalklive.com. And the Free Talk Live program is supported by its listeners. We're talking about how uh, there's there's this freemium model of essentially running a business, I guess, or generating revenue for, uh, for a business. And, and I guess that's what we follow here is we give you the archives and the webcam and the streams and all of that stuff on our website for free, which is a lot of the same stuff that you'll find behind paywalls on other talk show host websites. We give away more for free than uh, the other talk show hosts charge you for, at least that I've been able to tell, and no one has ever rebutted that statement. So I believe it to be true. Not that I've ever paid for, and most of the other talk show hosts to actually find out what they have behind their paywall, but from uh, based on their sales pitches on their website, I think we I think it's pretty safe to say Free Talk Live gives away more than they charge for, and it's all three bucks a month. That's all we ask for, uh, and again, it's just asking. So if you don't, if you for whatever reason can't afford the cup of coffee that three bucks a month is basically, you have to give up one cup of coffee or a hamburger or something like that. Uh, In order to pay for uh, the the AMP program, you'll get perks to amp.freetalklive.com. Now, one of the things the AMP money does is it's not going to paychecks. It's going to be reinvested in this program so we can get Free Talk Live on more radio stations around the country, bring more Internet listeners on board, and expose new people to the ideas of freedom. One of the things that the Ant Money does, besides advertise in various publications around uh, – well, well, if, advertise in different venues, uh, we've got the Talkers Magazine ads that we do, which is the industry – publication of record for talk radio and a guard. You've actually had an article published yeah, in there was before fun. in the past. Nice people. Nice. Yep. people. Uh, in fact, uh, one of the, uh, one of the guys behind the scenes there at talkers is a libertarian. So that's awesome. Uh, so that's kind of cool. Yeah. So we've been advertising there for a long time. And, uh, and every year we go to the talkers new media seminar in New York city. It's a once a year convention that uh, all of the who's who of talk radio goes to these uh, these conventions unless they're too big to be a who's who like you know Howard Stern he won't show he won't he won't go to the uh, the talk when he got the freedom of seminar. speech award he uh, sent uh, George Takei Sulu yeah. to pick it up Crazy. So, so yeah, he wouldn 't even come to uh, to receive uh, the award that they gave him though, though to rush Limbaugh's credit, he has shown up to a couple of them yes, yeah he got a speech
2: and i I enjoy listening to to his show he's he's funny sometimes and he's a he's very a talented, talented
0: broadcaster yeah, there's no talented. doubt about it i mean I disagree or agree with what he says i, I mostly well i don 't agree with a whole lot of what he says, but then again i don 't listen, so i don 't know but nonetheless uh the the who's who 's who comes out to these uh, these meetings and and that means we need to be there and so we've been there now since what mark 2006 was the first year we went was sounds it, right maybe it was maybe it was 05 I don't know but uh, we've been there now a handful of times and uh, it's in New York City every year and it's it's a good time unfortunately we are not able to go both of us this year because Mark well you have to you have to stay in New Hampshire to go to the Liberty Forum. Because it's conflicting. They're both happening the, the same weekend, which I, that's why it's unfortunate, because I'd like to go to both of them. Yeah, I'd, I'd enjoy going, too. Oh, I can't so, say I feel bad about
1: uh, not having to leave New Hampshire, though.
0: No, I don't like this having to, to go to New York, but at least it's drivable from here. You don't have yeah. to fly in. Yes, totally. Uh, so, so I'll be going down there, and Talkers has been good to Free Talk Live. I, I mean, we are a, a paying client. I'm sure that has something to do with it. Uh, but because we buy ads in their magazine, that helps us become involved in... These seminars. Well, these, I, uh, this
1: is the way that I, I don't know that that's in, entirely the way it is because in, in the magazine industry, having worked in it, there's a wall between. You know, they they, they talk about the wall between advertising and content, and mm-hmm. they, and it's there. But these people do read their own magazines, yeah. and we have ads in their magazines. And therefore, they have, you know, it show we show up on their radar just because we advertise in right. their magazine.
0: Well, it's yeah, it's a way to be conspicuous, right? Yeah. So, uh, so I mean, there's a lot of shows out there that I'm sure would like Talkers Magazine to cover them, but if you buy ads with Talkers Magazine, it's more likely they're going to cover you.
1: I think it's just because they're, um, <laughs> they're people that that place those ads, see them, and, and you know, all that that kind of stuff. Advertising works, and it works, on the people that place it too.
0: Yeah, that makes sense. So uh, so, I just want to tell you a little bit more about what uh, some of the good news out of this because the free talk live amplifiers are you know have been backing us up for a long time, and we 've been going out and doing these conventions and year after year the the profile of Free Talk live at these conventions continues to uh, to raise it was a uh, I think two years ago that I was first asked to participate in a panel discussion uh, the year last year I was asked to uh, to give a, a short speech before one of the panels. And uh, this year I've been asked to be in another panel discussion, which I like better because I get to be more me than uh, speechifying and having to just kind of occupy three minutes of time. I can more speak extemporaneously and and naturally rather than trying to prepare something in advance. Uh, but I, you know, I, I like the opportunity to practice speaking because I was always petrified by it in uh in school. When yeah, there's something in-
1: entirely different with, for preparing a speech than um you know getting up there and answering questions or something like Absolutely. that. Sure. Absolutely, yeah.
0: yeah. So I kind of like the opportunity, but man, I was definitely uh, pretty nervous or, or excited rather about I, 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 you getting know, up there.
1: Yeah, I suppose it's fine and everything that they take uh that they take Ian and then leave the real talent in the show <laughs> sitting in the audience, but. <laughs> I'm just waiting for the Talk Radio Rumble when, you know, obviously they they're not going to they're not going to mess around with the minor leagues anymore at that point.
0: They're going to bring Yeah. Yeah. Uh the Talk Radio Rumble is a is an event that they have where they put I think about 8 or 9 different talk show hosts up on the stage and they just let them they ask questions in regards to some news item or whatever and they just let them go at one another. Oh, that's fun. So yeah. th- that would be really fun to have it's a free the liberals talk live and the host.
1: conservatives
0: oh, yeah, uh, yeah. fighting about. Oh. Yeah, nobody gets up there and says, uh, "Yeah, there should be no federal government." Yeah, you know, that exactly. uh, that message is, has not yet been heard in the in the talk radio rumble. But but being in the radio rumble is just fun. You don't really get your ideas out to be on just a, a, on issues. Uh, the they've invited me this year to be in the very last panel discussion of the entire event. So everybody is going to be there for this uh, for this panel discussion. It's the very end cap of the entire. Uh, the entire event, there's one little closing speech after it, and that's it.
9: Wow, and
0: nice. I'm going to be up there. I, I couldn't believe this when I was invited uh, to do this. I'm going to be up there on on stage with New York City program directors. Like, these that are guys you usually can't get to answer the phone, right? Uh, but uh, I'll be up there on the, the stage with the, essentially some of the most visible, biggest names in, uh, in the industry, talking about the state of... And the future of talk radio. That's that's amazing. I mean, as somebody who doesn't even work in radio, I mean, I do a radio show from my, you know, from my home studio. But you're not here, in the but, corporate classic radio right. yeah. model.
1: People ask us questions about the industry. I have no idea. That's a, that's amazing. <laughs> the only thing I know about ra- radio is this guy across from me. This is great.
0: So, this is so cool. But I, you know, I'm trying to think. Well, what are some of these some of the issues going to be that we're going to discuss? I mean, one of the things that the radio people are real concerned with is, well, the future of radio. I mean, because they're they're worried about uh, iPods and they're and they're worried about Podcast, MP3 and, yeah. and and streaming and, and all of this stuff and and for good reason and, yeah. and and for good reason. And and I'm I'm thinking that my message is going to be basically that, hey. Radio, for the first time, has competition. I mean, really, if you you want to talk about dying dinosaurs, like we were with the music business, radio's in that same uh, boat, except worse, because the music business... At least you could start up your own label without having to ask government permission first. These radio stations have had it on easy street for decades. Now we talk. Um, I,
1: I, I just disagree. It's, it doesn't. It doesn't make any sense. If you look at, uh, say, uh, you know the, the the three premier TV channels that were out there: ABC, NBC, CBS. What do they call them? Uh, the big, know, big networks? three, yeah, the big three networks, the big networks that were out there previously. Um, those networks, if you look at their ad revenue year over year, um, you know things came along, cable came along, VHS came along. Mm-hmm. Their market share has diminished dramatically from numbers like 33 shares to numbers like six shares. Right. Um, but their revenue hasn't hasn't diminished like that at all. They are still adjusted for inflation. Yes. Well, I mean, adjusted. it I don't know. You'll have to. You'll have to take a look. I, okay. the, I. I don't remember the chart that I saw. I don't know. Know exactly what they said. But they made. The, they're making their money. There's
0: more eyes on uh, television now, is what you're saying. Well, what? eyes. They're. They they do not have more
1: viewers. No. I mean, no. you know, their. Their share of the. No. I mean, they. They shouldn't. Their. Their numbers have been, should be diminished. Mm-hmm. But they're still providing the top notch shows out there. And radios. I mean, there's something to be said for the status quo and and momentum and all that other stuff. And Radio's got a ways to go, even with iPods and all that other stuff, especially talk radio. When you're talking about music radio, yeah, they're going to get their butts handed to them. Because I've heard crazy train friends in small, low places and all that other stuff is all the times that I can handle hearing them. Yeah. Total eclipse of the heart, though. I can yeah, do that one more
0: time. I understand yeah. that, Mark. I agree with you. I think talk radio and radio's lifespan is going to be fairly le- – you I mean, it's going to be fairly lengthy. But that doesn't – that doesn't that – doesn't, uh, I think explain away the the fears that a lot of the people in the business have, and they are what afraid. they need to do is
1: diversify, and they need to, uh, you know, they, they need to bring more talent on there. Uh, the, you know, the the best thing they can do is have good talent.
0: But I that I absolutely uh, absolutely agree with. I just think that. The fact that they've never had to deal with competition is an important point to uh, to bring up. Like All you've ever had to deal with in radio is the guy across town who has another radio station until all of a sudden the internet comes along and completely changes the game. So they're going to have to step up, bring the right talent in, and uh, step up their game or else they will continue hemorrhaging listeners over to other services, especially as those other services get easier to access. We'll see you tomorrow night online in the meantime at freetalklive.com. See you then we you